Welcome, fellow human, to the Disorganized Productions Podcast. The show that fuels your spirit, ignites your potential, and helps you become the best version of yourself. I'm your host, Rob, and each episode will embark you on a journey to unlock the power within you, tap into your limitless potential, and conquer life's challenges. So welcome to Disorganized Productions, ladies and gentlemen. Today we have a special guest. His name is Alex Pauls. Uh, he's coming from Canada. And um, we have a, a, a nice deep conversation already on the Firmamental podcast that I did last week. Uh, Alex is one of the co-hosts of the Firmamental. And so he is a Firmamentalist, just like I am and uh, yeah. a lot of other and uh, we're going to dig more about who is Alex and what makes him tick today on this podcast. So uh, without further ado, please, Alex, introduce yourself to the public or to the audience. Uh, thanks, Rob. Yeah, uh, like Rob said, I'm Alex Pauls. I'm one one uh, third of the Firmamental podcast. I'm also one half of KP Design, which is my day job until I become a famous podcaster like Joe Rogan. And uh, me and Raul take take Firmamental on the road and uh, and make it the number one podcast in the world. But uh, yeah, I got uh, 45 years old. I have two daughters. I have a really cute dog. And, uh, and I've been married for almost 25 years. And yeah, I live in Canada as much as I'd love to live in in uh somewhere nice and warm right now i live in canada so okay and there's something going on with this dog right because i heard it on a podcast a few times he's very cute isn't he oh i love him yes he's my it took me a little while like i had cats for for a long time i love my cats but man now that i have this dog for five years i'm like this is like my best friend i love this guy <laughs> cool <laughs> what, what what kind of dog is it He's a Pomeranian and a Husky cross, so he's like a mini Husky. Okay, mini Husky, cool. Yeah, so he's like perfect for Netherlands, Sweden, Finland. Like he's perfect for for living up there and playing in the snow. Aha! And uh, we have some time difference. Uh, at my time, CET, it's now uh, well, say a quarter past five. What, what, what's your time right now, Alex? Uh, nine nine a.m. Nine a.m. in the morning. Yeah. yeah. On a so Saturday morning. So your day is going to start. My day is already uh, almost gone. Okay, cool. So <laughs> KP Design. Um, I I thought I, I saw uh, uh, I, I saw some interesting things, and um, you're doing this job together with your wife. That's correct. Yes. And you're all uh, also an author of uh, one book of uh, a few books together with your wife. So my wife and I, we wrote one book together, and then we also co-authored another book called Partners and Everything with two other couples, and it's about running a business with your partner. Aha, because that's something that a lot of people uh, would say, oh my God, I'm not going to run my business with my wife. Yeah. <laughs> I'm stuck with her for all my life, and now she's going to be in business also, but it works really great with you guys because you got some great chemistry going on. Yeah, we uh, we do totally different aspects of, of the job. Uh, but I, I always say like the most fun that I have is the parts where we do get to work together 
when we have our meetings with our clients, when we have our reveal meetings of the websites or the brands and seeing the reactions of people when it's like, it's almost like being on prices right. And they, they open up the curtains and there's a brand new car. That's, that's kind of like the reaction that people get. And it's, to me, that's such a, uh, it really warms my heart when when I see a lot of the beautiful creative things my wife makes and how it makes people feel and react. And then they're proud to, you know, show their business on the internet w- with the, with the brand and the website that they, that she's created. Okay. Okay. So, so she's more into the, the, the details, like say uh, the website and design, you're more into the marketing and SEO and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, so I do the SEO, the Google Analytics. So I, I've always had a big math and science background. So when I joined working with her, I really wanted to bring my the things that I love into this job. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I went on LinkedIn and I figured out something that would be very interesting for me to do. And I looked at guys that were working in website companies and certain roles, not web designer, because we already had a web designer, right? So what else were guys doing? Oh, they're doing SEO. They're doing Google ads. And then I would back engineer, uh, oh, this guy has these certificates. This guy has this schooling. And I would go and I would take these classes that these other people did. So I would go on like Skillshare, YouTube, Google University, Moz, uh, Moz Academy, Moz Academy was very good for anybody who wants to learn a lot about SEO. Man, that is just a wealth of knowledge. So okay. if if you want to get into the field of SEO, and before we started this uh, recording, I was telling Rob how it's always changing. So for somebody like me, it's it sometimes is frustrating, but at the same time, I get bored very easy. So I I I am in a great space because it's constantly changing and I don't have a chance to get bored. I have to keep learning. And as much as I get mad and I want to just be like relaxing and 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 being perfect <laughs> and an expert, there's always something new to learn from somebody or so, like some other program out there. So it's for me, it's a blessing in disguise, even though some days it's like, oh, I got to learn something new. But that's what actually keeps me young and keeps my brain sharp. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a, it's a for me, it's a, the perfect type of industry to be in. Okay, and, and what's it called? Moz? Uh, can you spell it? M-O-Z. Moz Academy. Academy, okay. And uh, Skillshare is actually very good. Skillshare is almost like Netflix for education. So there's a whole bunch of different courses on there, and you can pick whatever you you need. And, man, I, I always tell my daughters, like my daughters are 15 and 12, I said, if you want to learn anything, just go on this Skillshare and I said, like, you you could be homeschooled, work work at school for two or three hours, and then work your job. Like, they could already have a job with the things that they can learn on. Yeah. Because kids nowadays are super smart. Like, I'm trying to convince my daughters to just be homeschooled so that they can start working and making money. And, you know, they could get a car. They could go shopping. They could do whatever they want, you know? And- yeah, yeah. Cool. And I think in, in this digital um uh, area that we live in it's it's uh we still have not always but we still have a lot of knowledge that we can just type into google or whatever browser that you that you are working with and you're going to have this education by yourself especially for me I, i'm an hdhd i just want to 
get my endorphin and my uh, and my, and my, my things going on in my head. So if I have a question, I want to know the answer directly, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. and because it's going to feed my 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 uh, uh, my span, you know, my 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 mind, and right. um, and even on 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 Google on uh, on YouTube, if if you want to know how to fix a tire from your uh, from your bicycle, you just have to dig in. And you can see how people do it, and and uh, yeah, it's. It, I think it's 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 one of the greatest things that we have right now, um, and hopefully it will be there forever. But I think that it's going to be less and less, and eventually maybe it's going to close down, because people are getting too much knowledge for uh, yeah for the rulers of this world to. Uh, uh, you know to free themselves because they're 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 free themselves uh, of sheep they they're turning into wolves and they don't want that <laughs> oh, sure and yeah that's something that i worry about too is the digital book burning so i've been trying to uh, increase my physical library get as many books as i can and 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 read as much as i can and that's something that i did want to talk to you about because i was thinking last night I'm like, what do i want to talk about rob with rob today and um, I wanted to talk about the creative zone of our geniuses and somebody, I think you and me are very similar where we lo- love to learn new things, all sorts of different things, right? Like I get bored very easy. Mm-hmm. And I, I think one of the worst qualities about myself is that I take for granted the things that I am a genius at. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was an electrician for 15 years power electrician and I could do anything. I wire your house up. I can do anything with electricity at all. And I take that for granted. I, I walk around and I'm like, every, anybody could probably do that. Uh Uh And and in my mind. And then when people, when I do things for people, when I, when I do some side jobs or when I help someone, I go over and I fix something. They look at me like I'm this superhero. And I just like, Oh, wow. Uh, to see that look in someone's eye when you're in your genius zone and you're like impressing them with, uh-huh. with something that you think is like no big deal. Uh-huh. Your genius zone is like, to me, the easiest thing to take for granted. It's like the no big deal thing. It's like, oh, I can I can juggle electricity with my bare hands. No big uh-huh. deal. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and then somebody is looking at me like I'm like from another planet. Uh-huh. You know, like uh-huh. this. How does this guy know all these things? It's, uh, it, it's an interesting thing, and I would say that that's one of my weaknesses because I'm always trying to. How do I say it? I am always looking for something new to learn because uh-huh. I get bored so easy. Yeah. But if I just stayed in my genius zone, I would probably be even better at the things that I'm already really good at. And one of the things. And I can really relate to that. One of the things that's the hardest part is to uh, to know to know that you're an expert on this field, and eventually, if you're an entrepreneur, to ask money for it because it's so familiar for you to share this information. Because it's you know it's just like oh make a website that's it, and other people yeah. will say oh yeah I make websites I ask fifteen thousand euros for a website just like what what but if you if you're so familiar with that and it's just your um it's it's your 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 humankind your 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 being to teach others or to say okay there's no big deal it's it's oh great man 
you just saved me 50 euros or whatever it's going to be. And to ask money for the knowledge that you have, I think that's one of the hardest parts for, for me, for me. Sure. sure. There's an interesting story uh, that I love. And it's this, this is really old man and he's a handyman and he walks into this house because these people, their floor is driving them crazy. Every time they're walking on the floor, it's squeaking and squeaking and squeaking. And they're at the point where they want to just tear their house apart and just like rip out all the floor and, and put new floor in just because the whole house is driving them crazy because of the squeaking sound. And the man, he walks in and he two minutes and he's like, okay. And he takes a nail and a hammer and he goes, boom. And he fixes it all. And he wow. says, that'll be $5,000. And they look at him. I'm like, are you crazy? $5,000. He's like, they're like, it took you, it took you two minutes to do that. He's like, yeah, but it took me 30 years to learn how to do that in two minutes. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> That's a great one. Right. Because somebody it's... has to dig into some stuff to, to get knowledge and to, to solve the problem as soon as possible. Right. And that's one but of the so things many that... people equate uh, value with time. And that's yeah. not necessarily like, it's not my wife's fault if she can do a website in five hours and charge $10,000. Yeah. I mean, 20 years ago, it might take her 40 or 50 hours to do the same thing. True. Right. And it took 20 something years of getting better and better and learning and like, but people don't equate that. Right. Yeah. And it's, and it's very hard for regular people like me to be in a cubicle and making $20, $30 an hour. And I trade my time for this $20 an hour. But when you're an entrepreneur or you're selling packages that are not time specific, it's expertise specific. That's what most of the public, they can't wrap their head around that because mm. they're so busy trading their time for money. Exactly. And, and, and they're not. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the things that, uh, that, that we talked about before, this digital area. Um, this is something that is only there for 50, maybe 20 years now that, that you that you can dig into some stuff that you're interested in and you can get all the information probably that you want to that you want to have and you can like I said with Skillshare or something like that you can eventually build a business or uh, graduate in some totally new stuff in, except for going outside go by bus to to another town and to get to some college or stuff like that and to learn something eight hours or eight hours a day something like that you can do it in in your own free time hmm. and that's really i think that's really one of the things that that people underest um how easy it is to get knowledge today and to uh, to work on yourself and to develop yourself with the things that we have right now, just like in a click, you can get into Google and you know, you, you got all the information that you wanted that you got. Right. I think one of the important things for entrepreneurs to know is, yeah, when you're first starting out, you have to wear all these different hats. You have to do the mm -hmm. accounting, you have to do the sales, you have to do um, the actual work that this job that you're creating, this, this is your genius zone, what you do, but there's all these different things. But as you make money and as you grow before, before you're even ready, that's when you need to hire somebody to mm. take that 
hat off of your head so you're not balancing 50 hats right you you need to add people you you know enough let's say rob knows enough about websites and seo but now he has to focus on growing the business he doesn't have time to be a full-time web guy or or seo guy he needs to hand that off to somebody he can trust mm. he needs to hand off the accounting to a bookkeeper because he just doesn't have time like and he's not an expert at that and then he has to uh hopefully one day uh hire a marketing company to help fill fill it right and then yeah. it's funny as entrepreneurs we love doing the job and you can keep doing that but if you want to really grow a business you have to become the owner and then actually hand your own job that you love doing off to somebody that you can trust for them to do the job and for you to guide the ship. Exactly. Like you have this big ship with this crew now yeah. and you're, you're no longer the employee. You're no longer the guy working. You're, you're the captain of the ship and yeah. you're, you're helping the whole crew. And you've actually helped feed a lot of different families. Like small business entrepreneurs are, are very important people. Mm, exactly. And I think one of the greatest things about, uh, being an entrepreneur is that you learn so much, so many things. And sometimes you think, oh man, why should I dig into this, into accounting or sales or whatever? But in the end, when you're the captain of the ship, you know what process it takes to get some things done. And when you know the processes, and even if you don't know anything about it, but a little bit, you know, okay, this is going to take me so much time or my team so much time. So, uh, okay, okay. And if they're talking BS about, you know, it's going to cost you $5,000 for uh, SEO and stuff like that, you can say, oh, wait, 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 wait a minute. Uh, I have some great contacts on, on LinkedIn and I got some great contacts on, on on my podcast show, like like Alex Paul, he's an SEO expert. Okay, it can cost you that, but what what I'm going to get for it? What's in it for me? And then you can say, wait a minute, this, this is not fair enough. So you can... Eventually, because you got the knowledge from the things that you know, you you know how to um, how, how how to spread your your money into a, into a good account, so you can say, okay, we we, we are going with the ship to an easy uh, uh, on, on on easy waters instead yeah, of yeah. oh, there's a goddamn storm ahead, and that's called a financial <laughs> storm or a team that's. You know, I worked a lot with, with people on Fiverr, which worked great for me, but I know some people that, that spend a lot of money and they didn't get anything. Mm -hmm. And that's also one of the things, right? Because in this digital area that we live in, we have some very great things that, that can teach us and help us. And there are some scammers on the on the way too. And that, that's that's one thing you have to learn. And sometimes you have to pay for a uh, for a um, um, you have to pay for for some expertise and to know okay I can talk to this guy right away on the phone or whatever so um, be, because we we're, we're more and more into this locked into this little yeah cage because uh, when when um, when the lockdown started one thing they did for sure was uh, to connect everyone to the internet. So we had the Zoom coming up and, and, and meet up and stuff like that what went later. But Zoom was something like, okay, you can connect, you can talk to people business-wise so your boss can tell you, okay, you got a, 
Um, you got to connect with your computer at eight o'clock so I can watch you all. <laughs> Just like Big <laughs> right. Brother, you know, okay, oh, well, Rob's yep. going to get some coffee and uh, Alex is going to drink some tea. That's okay. But hey, Alex, uh, this is your third cup and this, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, uh, yeah. But also the interactive, um, we, we can do things much more easy. Um, Alex, your your uh, your wife, Katie, um it's also your uh, one of your first loves, right? You you've been together now for twenty four years. We've actually been together for uh, almost thirty years now. We met. Wow. We met when we were. Uh, so I'm I'm like maybe the weirdest person you might know now. I we met when we were fifteen. Thank God. <laughs> and I got and I got hit with this lightning bolt, and like time stops, and it's like I, I'm seeing this person, and it's just. I don't know. I wish everybody could experience this at least once in their life. And luckily, luckily, because I am not that brave of a man, I went to school with her. So I didn't have to like, it wasn't like at, at a concert. And then I didn't have the guts to talk to her, right? Uh-huh. At least I, I saw her, which was weird. It was almost a full year before I even really like saw her or noticed her. <clears throat> and my school wasn't that big. But yeah, I just like, saw her and it was like first love at first sight and somehow i got the courage to talk to her and we've been together ever since and uh wow yeah so yeah it's yeah 30 years now but we've been married for about 25 yeah wow wow that that's something that you don't hear a lot nowadays because everybody is 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 is, is getting into this yeah, what's the hopping on a train and 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 hopping to to relationships and stuff stuff like that, especially the younger generation. Yeah, yeah. I think that I blame I blame shows like uh, Jerry Seinfeld and like Friends. Oh yeah, <laughs> Jerry, when I yeah. I watched that Jerry Seinfeld show and I'm looking at I'm watching this I'm like, why is he break? Why is everybody breaking up for the dumbest reasons? Yeah, <laughs> it's like you spend all this energy and all this effort. And then you break up and they and they don't even care. It's like no big deal. It's like, yeah, well, do. whatever. We live in New York. I'll just go find somebody else. And yeah. for me, like, I can't imagine having to be brave again. Like if something happened to my wife and I had to go date, uh-huh. I would be ter- I would be terrified right now. Like, I can't imagine <laughs> like dating because now. Because you never like, did. What's that? Because you never did. Well, I did. I mean, we dated for five years. I still and I still have to be Hey, Rob, yeah. you know how hard you got to work to keep a, a woman interested in you for 30 years? You got to work really hard. You got to be an amazing man. You 100%. cannot be you cannot be this dying slob on the couch. No. If you if you want your kids to look at you like a superhero, if you want your wife to look at you like a superhero, you read books, you exercise, you do podcasts, you you keep you I do jujitsu I ride a motorcycle you make yourself the most amazing person that you can yeah yeah and that's the secret like right there we can just stop the podcast after this because <laughs> I'm giving everybody the secret, the secret. guys that was this a secret. The secret sauce because yeah. as soon as you start taking your partner for granted that they have it's to gone. love you it's over yeah. because your partner doesn't have to love you Maybe no. your kids, your kids might love you no matter what. You can be kind of a screw up, but your partner, your partner can dump you at any point. Like they're, they yeah. don't have to have unconditional love for you. 
And and I'm okay knowing that because if my wife is not interested in me anymore because I don't care about myself or I stop taking care of myself, that's my fault. Hmm. That's not that's not her fault. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. And I just wanted to dig into that because you do yoga also just to get away from the pain that you get from jujitsu, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I yeah at jujitsu at 45 I call it the meat grinder and I started to do yoga to try and like counteract all the shoulder problems and the back problems and the leg problems and mm-hmm. um it's everything is good exercise right and I love jujitsu because it's like it's like a game it's like playing chess with the body uh-huh. and I don't know if you've ever done it but it's you it's know. very it's very interesting and I love that kind of stuff, but I have a, it's funny because I have a disconnect between my mind and my body. It might be because I'm older now, but my mind tells my body to do something and it takes a lot longer for that thing to happen than a young guy. Oh, that like some of the young guys I wrestle with, it's like, man, they're just doing all these crazy things. And <laughs> I, I noticed that I, about it, but your body doesn't. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I did quite some uh, some judo, uh, oh, yeah, kickboxing, awesome. Thai boxing. Uh, I I did it. I think I was forty two, forty three when I came to the doctor and he said, "Rob, you you're much too old to do this shit." And I said, "I I just love it, man. I just love, I, I got to keep on going." And um, judo is crazy, Rob. I yeah. got much respect for you. For anybody that's doing judo out there, much respect because that is not an easy. Loved sport. it. I loved it. Uh, especially because it's not only the the uh, the ups the, the up work, but also the the body work and the ground work. When somebody's get down, you 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 can do some st- uh, things. And um, I, I actually have this uh, quite some uh, some Krav Maga. Oh There's wow! Some, uh, some some really crazy things going on with there where when they uh, um, they, they they had it in a, in a discotheque. So so you have some scenarios that are going on. So how how to to deal with aggressive people and if they are aggressive because you don't know mm-hmm. you don't know and i had a really crazy check uh it was in uh, czech uh czechia i think it's called in uh slovakia we had yeah. a, a extreme weekend and it was training in bunkers and in trains and with guns i had a, a gun permission on that time and um so i trained a little bit more it, uh, it was awesome awesome and i always trained with all the stuff that i did to when i'm gonna get into a situation that maybe i can save myself and the ones that i love mm-hmm. not not to brag like oh man i'm this judo guy or i know kickboxing so i'm gonna kick your ass no no wait that's not that's not the the mindset it's something like okay when the shit goes down maybe i can save myself from getting hurt or the people that i love especially mm-hmm. with krav maga it's like action reaction and i really like that and i had some really blue black bruises and stuff like that because it's it's um, everybody can learn it like li- little children until the age of well, that's 80, 90 depends on, of course, on, on your uh, on your uh, condition, on your body condition, on your mindset and stuff like that. But everybody can learn it because most things 
are integrated from jiu-jitsu, from uh, judo, from uh, Thai boxing. All the stuff is integrated. Um, and it's basically when somebody's grabbing you by the neck, you, you're going you're going there anyways with your with your hands because you want to because that's the that's the point where where you know maybe your life is going to depend on it but, but right. what then and that's that's really crazy that's it's really cool to 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 learn and, and, it's, um, important, and it's important to train to have uh the 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 reflexes right mm. like you you want to be able for your brain to shut down and your body to just know what to do that's why we train right yes yes because otherwise you got this tunnel vision Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter if if you see, uh, for example, if you see a boxing max match, these guys are boxing like twenty years, thirty years. They heavyweights, and just look it up on YouTube. When they have a real fight, so when they when they disagree with each other, they're not gonna box. They're just gonna go smashing around, and that there's nothing like okay, we're going okay. I'm gonna hit you in the head like they do in normal times with boxing. No. They, they're just like it's a street fight thing, and that's because they're mentally shut down. Because when you're doing boxing, you're playing a game. You have rules. When you do judo, you have rules. It's mm-hmm. when you see somebody in a normal fight on a club, on a bar, whatever, you can directly see what they trained on. Because when they when he's standing like this, it's probably some 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 Thai boxing guy, so you know he's good with his feet. Yeah. When when they when they say you know when they you, you see how they move around, what kind of thing that they probably were into. But mm-hmm. with Krav Maga, the, your body defense is like, hey man, stop! This is my defense. Boom, you got one. <laughs> or I can <laughs> go to the left, to the right, whatever. And that, that's that's it's just mindset, and and it's it's really. It's it's cool to learn, but I hope I will never ever have to use it in my life. And I like to think I like to think that any of us that have trained in any kind of martial arts, we're not going out there and starting fights. No, right? Like anybody that's disciplined and hopefully isn't drunk or or doing something stupid, but anybody that's actually disciplined and trained under a a sensei or their master, like you're representing your dojo or you're representing your your, your teacher. Mm. And when you go out, you, it's kind of like, that was our philosophy in our, in, in our dojo is like, when you go out into the community, you you are an amazing community member that can help protect other community members mm. because of the things that you know. And I really like that idea. I really like that concept that I don't have to be some hot shot or whatever, but I can uh-huh. help, you know, yeah. if, if something's going on, I can at least carry myself well and one of the things I loved about martial arts and especially jujitsu is I didn't realize how big certain people are until they're, you got your hands on them or they got their hands on you. And wow, like after doing that for a year and a half, I was like, wow, I can really tell the size difference because I'm uh-huh. about 180, I'm about 180 pounds, about what is that? 70 kilos. Yeah. And um, so if somebody's about a hundred kilos, that's that's a big difference already. Oh yeah, oh yeah. And I have to like look and and figure out this person a lot differently, mm. you know. And they're a lot slower, but they're a lot bigger and stronger. And then the the smaller guys are a lot quicker and and faster, right? Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. 
And I'm just this like middle guy. I'm slow, kind of strong, kind of weak. I don't know. I'm just like the middle of, uh, of everything, but it's, uh, it was interesting, but I, I, I think everyone should have martial arts training. I think everyone should have like first aid and CPR training as well. Mm. Because these, these two things, like I've actually used a lot of first aid and CPR. Like anytime I've ever responded to a, uh, a car accident, like, I don't know if you've ever been like the first person on a scene and there's blood everywhere. And no, no, not yet. Thankfully. So you, you really find out what kind of person you are when, How when you deal with stress and stuff like that. Right. So I, I've been in situations where I've seen someone's entire leg cut off and I, oh. and I like, I don't panic. I, I know who I am. You call 911. You make sure that the ambulance gets here. I'm doing something with this person uh-huh. right away. I, I shut down. There's no panic. Like my daughter, she fell one time. This is even less extreme, but uh, like my daughter, it, it's harder for your own family, right? But my daughter, she fell. She broke her two front teeth. There was blood everywhere. Uh-huh. And I just like calmed right down. And she, I told her to look at me. And I'm like, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this. I didn't even know. I don't know how to treat those things. But I told my wife, like, do this, 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 get the ice. And it's very interesting. Not everybody has that, right? Mm-hmm. But it's cool. It's cool to find out about yourself in extreme situations. Yeah. Especially Absolutely. like in a fight or or in a or an emergency, like you want to be able to take care of the ones that you love, whether it's first aid or whether it's physical defense, right? Yeah, and in this world that we live in, we we could have more and more situations where something like that comes up. You have to defend yourself, or you have to, well, dig up the bones. You know, <laughs> just just taking care of the of the shit that's going on. That, sure, yeah. And I think that there, there were more things that 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 um, that relate us with, with um, only like nature. You know, um, when you see when you see when you see the seasons of nature, you see sometimes it's rough times, like in autumn and, and in winter, it could be very harsh and stuff like that. Uh, but it's it's it also with the situations that we're going to get in. You know, if if you're getting into a situation, just like you said, if if, if somebody uh, you go to a grocery store and somebody trips and 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 falls and 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 breaks something or whatever or, or there's a lot of blood involved. Uh, now you look at some action moves and you say, "Oh yeah, there was a great a great fight and they were shooting." Yeah, except when you're directly into that shit in real yeah. life, what's happening? Are you shutting down? Are you running away? You know the the flight and uh, fight and freeze. I think it's called. Fight. What is it? Fight and flight. Yeah, fight or flight. Yeah, exactly. So, so how does and how does your body react? Because you can train for one hundred years, but if something really when, when the shit hits the fan, and and anxiety and everything builds up, well, how you react? Do, do you still yeah. react what what you trained, or is it just totally blank? Yeah, hmm. the, that's a good exercise to have, right? And I think I actually think Krav Maga and Jiu Jitsu together would be incredible because Krav Maga is you being, like you said, like almost like a neutral stance. You're not trying to instigate a fight. No. But if somebody comes to get you, you can help with the distance. You can help with them. But if they do manage to get their hands on you, now we have some jujitsu time, right? It's like they want to put their hands on you. 
All right, let's play. And that's right. also with with integrated with with Krav Maga, so judo, jiu jitsu, all yeah. all the 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 Asian basic stuff. It's it's integrated into uh, uh, Krav Maga. And one of the things that 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 you called before, it's 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 really um, we do the three sixty. So we have defense system like three sixty, mm-hmm. and so so basically it's bone to bone. And when you have oh. a guy from one hundred kilograms, he has a great hit, but when the hit strikes the bone he's just like oh cushion <laughs> but when there's this skinny little guy from 65 kilograms hitting you with with it it's just like just like whoa somebody's you know just just like somebody's yeah. with a can or something like that it's 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 crazy crazy sharper right it's sharper yeah yeah it's sharper exactly and yeah. um yeah I, i've been i've been uh uh, Bruce pretty bad up, and I like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not so bad, of, right? No, it's some kind of masochism, or how you call it. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow, because after training, it was really, it, it was always fun. I, I always liked to train. And um, when I um, um, when I moved, I didn't have my, my boxing sack. I always had a boxing sack when I was with my wife. Um, I had a boxing sack on the on the in the, in the attic, and when I we lived in a house like two houses in one, uh, it's called yeah two on the one roof. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know and when you're... I was practicing, the, the the neighbors first time came just like whoa, you 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 hear what's happening? Everything is wrinkling. Oh no, Rob is training upstairs. Throwing <laughs> <laughs> bodies everywhere. Yeah, but I loved it just to go. You know, after. Uh, Whatever day I went up five minutes just on a sack, just like bop, 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 and yeah. get all my aggression out. And I came down just like totally relaxed, you know. And that's what I, that's what I love about um, jujitsu is it doesn't matter how crappy your day is going. When you go to jujitsu, you can't think about the things that are bothering you. Mm. You have to be there. You have to be in the present. So to me, I'm always worrying about the future. I'm worrying about the past. I'm, wor- I'm always worrying about something as an entrepreneur. I'm always thinking about something. Mm-hmm. So it's really nice to go into the martial arts studio and just focus, just focus for an hour and a half and exercise and, and feel, and then you feel so good afterwards. You have this amazing workout, but yoga is the opposite. Uh-huh. And I have this love hate relationship with yoga because I go there and it forces me to be in my mind and Mm -hmm. I have to really like, there's two things that yoga does. It makes me realize what's actually bothering me because Mm -hmm. I slow down enough to where I can focus on the, the thing in my subconscious that's actually bothering me, not the other things you know, groceries, uh-huh. whatever, it forces me to focus on the thing that is bothering me. And then when you're starting to do the movements, you can, f- when you start to get annoyed, I don't know if you do yoga, Rob, but this is, this is what happens to me. But when I'm doing it and all of a sudden I'm stretching something out and I start getting frustrated and I start getting mad and I don't know why. And I'm, you find out that that's actually where you're storing some of these things that are really bothering you in your body. Ah. And it's different. Like it pisses me off. 
And it forces me to think about it and I have to feel it and I have to breathe it out. And then it leaves. It ma- it like kind of magically leaves. Uh-huh. And it's a funny thing because I hate it. Like I hate <laughs> going through that because I love the jujitsu thing where I just like, I accidentally get rid of the things that are pissing me off. Right. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. but in yoga, you have to like deal with the shit. And you have to deal with yourself, with your, with your own you capacity. Yeah, you have to deal with yourself. And then you're fixing yourself. You're fixing your mind. You're fixing your body. You're fixing your breathing. And you're you're totally focusing on your body. And to me, it's like, like I said, it's, it's miserable. But afterwards, I'm so grateful. Mm. Because I would have never found it if I wouldn't have done those things. Uh-huh. And that to me, that's such a gift, right? That's such a gift to find that little piece of shit in your like in your back <laughs> yeah. the thing that's bothering you and like squeezing it out and getting rid of it oh. and okay now now i feel better i don't know why i felt bad but i was keeping something there yeah yeah yeah. i, I did some yoga in, in the past but but nowadays not that much and the, the um as a as an entrepreneur and and i'm i'm, I'm building my business now for two years I noticed that in every what my 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 birthday is on the sixth of February, and that's that's what what I count back from. What did I do last year? You know, what, what things did I screw up? What things uh, did I do good? What's my focus for next year? So somehow that's my that's my uh, that, that that that's my year. So basically, and mm-hmm. um. Sometimes you see something. What I saw is I screwed up with my body. Uh, went to the hospital and stuff like that. Okay, I, I have to. I have to be more aware of my body. So work on my body. But then after three months or four months or whatever, I I, I dig down a little bit. Okay, now I'm, I'm feeling great and stuff like that. And uh, look in the mirror and you see the results. But hey, mentally there's something going on mentally or emotionally or spiritually. And you have to find this 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 balance, and um, yin and yang is the balance in life. But it's mm-hmm. it's not always like that perfect circle. But because I think when the when the circle is really perfect, you go to heaven. You you're done here, because there's <laughs> always there's always something that that um, that has to flow instantly, like a balance, you know. And that that's yeah. what I really like. And talking about balance. Mm-hmm. We talked about it before on uh, on the Firmamental podcast, which we're going to dig in a little bit more uh, in a few minutes. But um, we were talking about balance and Zen and the art of motorcycling, because that's also one thing that you really like to do, right? Riding your motorcycle. I do. I love it. It's, uh, yeah, to me, it's one of the greatest things. And my, my dad still gets mad at me for having a motorcycle. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but I told him, I said, Dad, I don't think you understand. When I bought my motorcycle, I made an oath with my wife that I was not going to die on it and that I would not do anything stupid. And uh-huh. so far, I haven't done anything stupid and I haven't died. So okay. I'm keeping my end of the bargain. Yeah, 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 she, yeah. Loves, she loves the motorcycle more than I do. So, well, What kind of motorcycle do you have, Alex? It's a Yamaha FZ07. Mm. So. That's a fun bike. But my next bike is going to be uh, a Honda Goldwing. I know it's an old man bike, but I don't care. It's going to be style 
and profile. I'm going to go all the way across Canada, all through America, come back. It's going to be amazing. I need a big, beautiful bike to do that. Well, I got to say, I'm living in a very dense part of the world, in the Netherlands. So if you're running out of gas here, you're, you're really plain stupid. I mean, right. I mean, if I would make a documentary on on um, on discovery, you know, these guys look. All right, you want to survive in this and this? Uh, you walk through two miles to that or to that, to the north or to the west in the Netherlands, and you find something. Maybe McDonald's, a grocery store, or a house. You, yeah, if you don't survive here. You're really plain stupid. But I can <laughs> imagine if you're living in Canada. And we were talking about before, like the density of 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 population in the Netherlands and in Canada, because you had thirty million people in thirty-eight million people, thirty-eight million people in whole Canada. Yeah, so I think every person in Canada can have a hundred and fifty square kilometers to themselves. What? <laughs> Isn't that, I can't even imagine that. Like, just trying to think about a hundred and fifty square kilometers. That's amazing that's unbelievable there's parts uh on my bike where i actually worry because um when i go out uh riding in the mountains i have like i only have about 200 220 kilometer range on my motorcycle yeah Yeah. and there's there's a spot where i think it's 180 kilometers there's nothing not like nothing that's that would really mess my mind man yeah like no towns, not even a gas station, nothing. 180 nothing. kilometers, just yeah, just road. And and you got the Sasquatch sitting there, and and the bears, and then and, well, yeah, not- we definitely have bears. Yeah, I've I've been on my motorcycle in traffic on on the road because people stopped to watch grizzly bears on the side of the road. <laughs> and you stopped. I've- I, I've actually been on my motorcycle and we have these, I, I don't know how familiar you are with like, uh, have you ever seen like a bighorn sheep? It's like a ram. You know, oh, yeah. A ram. yeah. So this is like a giant goat on steroids and it's about the size <laughs> of a car. And I've actually been on my motorcycle and they've been on the road eating. They eat gravel for their stomach, like to help them digest. Okay. <laughs> so I'll I'll ride by them and I'm I'm so close that I can like reach out and touch it. That's how that's how close I've been to some of these animals and bears and like I said, uh I've oh, had uh hey man, you wear a helmet and you got some gloves on, so what 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 the hell could happen, right? <laughs> right? Yeah, no, you're fine. It's a- animals oh. are animals are nice unless you mess with their babies, right? Yeah, that's true. That's true. But, but I really can't imagine because um, I have been traveling something. So, so I went to Brazil for for business. It was a business trip. But wow, I saw cool. some. Yeah, it was really cool. Went to uh, uh, to Spain and uh, to to um, well to several countries. But that the, there was n- nothing like. Well, maybe in Germany that that you drive fifty kilometers, that there's that's nothing. There's only nature. But mm-hmm. I, I couldn't, like you said in, in uh, uh, well b- b- last week when we jumped into before we jumped into the podcast for the fundamental, you, you said you can drive here for hours and hours to without seeing anyone. 
Oh yeah. If uh, I, I would love for you to come visit here. It's uh, it would blow, it would blow your mind. Like I have cousins in Germany and they've come to visit too. And they love the, the outdoors, the space, the, oh, I, really love I, I say it's not so peopley. There's not so many people, but That's, like, like that. <laughs> from Calgary, so from Calgary to Vancouver, that's the next big city. That's like 10 hours of driving. <laughs> 10 hours. So how far can you drive in 10 hours where you are? Like how well, far I would you I will be get? probably in Sweden. Right. Right. Yeah. Like I, it's so funny. Like I drove uh, from Worms, Germany to Switzerland. Yeah. And <laughs> I couldn't believe like how amazing Switzerland is. Like the mountain tunnels yeah, that they have there. I'm cool. like, how... How did they do this? Because they don't do that here in Canada. Like, I mean, we have mountains here, but yeah. we don't drill. We don't drill through them. We like go around them. And okay, cool. And in Switzerland, they're just like, screw it, we're going through. Like, we're being yeah, and and unbelievable. Like, like ten kilometers, just like tunnels with all yeah. this. And um, friends of us, they they live in Switzerland. And I was looking at a documentary because um, uh, I had a connection with the guy. Who, who's building bunkers in America, and he's he's providing them now to Europe because you know the war is going on now. A lot of people are worried and stuff like that. Yeah. But he went to the biggest bunker in uh, in Switzerland, and even the government and the military didn't knew that it was built. It can house ten thousand people. Wow. So when they get in, 10,000, they lock the door and it could provide, I think, one or two years without anything from above. There was electricity, there was a food place. Amazing. And it was for sale, I think. It was for wow. sale for like wow, a few millions, of course. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, and there are a lot of bunkers in Switzerland that you don't know that are bunkers because you see a house on a prairie. But it's not a house; it's a bunker. Oh, interesting! And you see some, um, like like uh, like rocks on the mountain. But it's it's a it's a screen. It's a bunker inside. Really? Yeah, you have to dig into that shit. That's it's really just like whoa. Oh, it's like Afghanistan, the... except fancy, right? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what about that? They, they there was this guy in Afghanistan. It's called Bin Laden. Oh yeah, I think. And I've they searched. Him. They searched for him for most three years, I think, or four years. Yeah. And you know what? We had a picture, like one megapixel, that proved that it's going to be Bin Laden, and we gave him. Now it comes, folks. <laughs> we gave him a sea funeral. Mm. That's funny. Isn't that funny? Yeah, a guy who lives in the mountains who never probably saw the sea. Well, I know probably we we know a little bit more about this guy because he was a CIA CIA agent and stuff like that. He yeah. probably saw some sea. But how crazy is that that you give someone who lives in Afghanistan and or, or in the mountains a sea funeral? If you, you know. Yeah. If I was if I was Osama bin Laden, I would be really pissed off that I had to be the fall guy for 9-11. Like, mm. really? Like, I don't want to be remembered that. That's a big, like, 
even let's say let's say he's alive. Let's say he's alive with Epstein. They're living somewhere magical. They're having this great. I still wouldn't want to be like, oh, everybody thinks that I did it. Like, really? Like, why do I got to be the bad guy? Yeah. Meanwhile, the U.S. government is like demolitioning their own buildings. And we if I don't know, to me, it's like you either can see it or you can't see it. Right. Yeah, There's just but- people who refuse to believe it. But there is no way that Osama bin Laden did no. that stuff, orchestrated that stuff. They just needed some boogeyman. Uh, and then, oh my goodness, I feel so bad for the Muslim people that we all ended up having to hate because that's mm. all they did was on the news. Yeah. 24/7. Watch out for the Muslims. Watch out for the Muslims. Watch out for the Muslims. Here they come. They're going to blow this up. When I went to Europe in 2017, the Muslims were renting uh, vans and then driving through the streets and running people over. And it's like, oh my goodness. When Once... And that's now we can get into the fundamental stuff. But mm-hmm. once we once you start seeing what the news does and what the governments do and who they hire as actors to get us all, you know, they're va- they're energy vampires. They want to take our energy mm-hmm. and they want us. They want us to hate. They want mm-hmm. us to hate each other. They want us to separate us into groups. And the more you put the glasses on and see what's happening the more free you become. Oh, yeah. Like oh, this yeah. whole Israel and Palestine thing right now, I have no... It's awful. I feel bad for any innocent people that are dying, mm-hmm. but I am giving I am giving no energy at all to it. I can actually feel that I don't give any energy to that, whereas mm-hmm. my younger self, I would be like hot on the inside. Like Oh, oh me five years ago, before I went to the hospital and it took out 35 centimeters of intestines, I would I would be a raging doll of everything that I sucked in from the news. I had an opinion directly, subjective, not objective, thinking about what could be, you know, what's happening. So let me get the facts and make my own truth and, and say, okay, probably I think this is that. No, no, no. Just like my veins were pumping up for everything that I digged in. And then I start to realize when I was in the in the hospital and I was searching the stuff up that I liked, and I just like, oh wow, this is interesting. And I did my uh, meditation stuff, and I did my Wim Hof stuff, and stuff like that. I, I went totally different man. Even my and it's just it's 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 a it's a process that's still going on. Sometimes mm-hmm. my girlfriend she has to say, oh wait wait. Hold it, Rob. Wait. Okay. Deep. Take a deep breath. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you're now on, on this and that spot, and uh, you have to be on that one. So she's very good in, in balancing me back. But five years ago, six years ago, oh, man, I, I was furious and anger about everything in the goddamn world. Everything. Oh, or even during COVID, I can't believe like I was ready to go to Ottawa and burn Ottawa down because I was yeah. so mad at our government. I was so mad at I was so mad at everything. And I'm like, man, this is so what good is that doing? Right. What mm-hmm. good is that doing? So to take it back, it's like, how can you and I be the best version of ourselves and then go out into our communities and make our community a better place? That's what we can control. That's what we can do. Exactly. 
if that crap wants to come to your town or that crap wants to come to my town, okay, well, then we have to get up off the bench and we mm-hmm. have to do something. Then we have to do something. Yeah. I, and I think one of the the, the biggest things that, that, that really, well, not one of them, because I got a lot of things that going on that I have to dig into deeper and, and probably this podcast is going to last for one and a half hour, but I could talk hours about this stuff. But what really noticeable is I was driving through Germany, Austria, and Switzerland for uh, well, well, more than 10 years, and I was 25 years on the road as a salesman, right? Mm-hmm. So I saw a lot of infrastructure on, 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 on roads and stuff like that. Well, what happened when, when, when this, this, this uh, uh, Vexi scam happened? is that all these 5G towers, now you can drive 100, 100 meters, you see another one. Yep. 200 meters, you see another one. If the shit is going get down, burn these things. I think that's the first thing we, we got to do. Control what they think they have in control. Because that's, I think that, I, I think that something has to do with their communication and about stuff that they're, sending to us or whatever is going to be so i think when when the shit really sh- hits the fan okay you screwed it up we're gonna screw you up too because when you don't can communicate yeah i don't know if you've noticed this but i notice it because i i have been using a phone for a long time but 5g is not any faster than lte or 4g or 3g nope it's not any faster. If anything, it's worse. I I I get I can barely use my phone half the time in my own house. Like it's ridiculous. I, I gotta tell you something really crazy about 5G. I never digged into that stuff. I don't want it. 4G, 3G, it's fine with me. I can do all the things that I did for 10 years ago with this with the same shit. Two, yeah. three, five. Okay. So I have this who away. P30 Pro because of this camera. And I was digging into, uh, maybe uh, because when business is going that good, maybe I need a new phone, stuff like that. And I go one privately and one for business. And I want to have a Huawei. But in America, it's banned. You can't get a Huawei. In Europe, it's banned. You can't get a Huawei. And you know what article I digged up a week ago? You know why they banned them? Because Huawei is telling them that they do not want to provide 5G technology in their phones. Oh, interesting. Very interesting. So the bad Chinese people, the bad Chinese people, they don't want to have 5G. But if we have to listen to everyone saying in the media and in the news, oh, this country is, you know... Uh, with face contraction and face this, and you can't do that, and you can't do that. Maybe, people, maybe it's true. But I wasn't there. I can't tell you if it's true. I don't know what happened five kilometers away in the next next in the, in the next town and next village. If you make up some some things that are not true, if I'm so stupid to believe it, yeah, maybe it could be true. Well, we were we had uh, David Beverly on the Firmamental podcast, and uh, he worked for NASA, and he was telling me all sorts of stuff about the flood of AI 
and how he doesn't even trust any news stories. He says that mm. AI can create its own news stories. And then pro- with the Mockingbird, you know, other other news agencies just pick up that story. Oh, and yeah. then they just they just run with it. They don't have the right information. They don't have any information. They just it's all about getting things out as quick as possible. And who cares if it's correct or they'll figure that out later and then they'll print a retraction, right? And what you said before, the things that they are going to provide from the news, they're going to harvest the consciousness of energy, especially the negative one, to mm. get their things done. Because they can't. They can't manifest like we do. If we manifest a great, beautiful, lovely, loving world, they have nothing. Have nothing. And they, um, yeah, they, they are trying. And I think uh, there's a saying here in the Netherlands, uh, uh, a, a cat in it now maakt rare sprongen. And it's, it's when a cat is in danger, he makes re- really strange jumps. Yeah, yeah. I think it's tr- translated, right? So and I think you see that. You see things that roll out. And, and eventually, if you look to the news and you listen to the news, there are a lot of stories like, what the hell happened there? You know, Dig into Maui uh, in Luana. What the hell? There are people here that were, um, the children were taking from the government, more than 1,300 children are still being missed because the government took them away. And you know why? Because the government said they were... um, convicted for fraud but now it turns out after a few years oh it wasn't it was a screw up from the government so the people are telling where are my kids we don't know this was one of my big aha moments in the last two years i never wanted to acknowledge that the devil was real Mm. And when I saw that they can create a vaccine and get everyone vaccinated in the entire world, but they can't get rid of child pornography and they can't get rid of child trafficking and they can't get rid of slavery, like human trafficking, they mm-hmm. they can make a vaccine for everybody, but they can't get rid of this with all the technologies we have. With It's because they don't want to get rid of that stuff. And that's how I came to realize that the devil is very, very real. And we live in a very interesting realm where that is allowed to happen. Oh, yeah. One and that's the... because of the people that lead us, right? They, yeah, they, 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 they are should okay. guide us through through love and happiness and caring of each other. There's a, yeah. there's a gas pipe running here for, I think, one of for Putin to get some gas. So he has some, I mean, so you go to our enemy for the gas, you make billions of billions of, of money you spend into that gas pipe, you go to our enemy and say, okay, you prevent us for the gas? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they created a war. So Putin says, okay, fuck you. And screws it down. I mean, what? 10 years ago, 15 years, maybe 20 years ago, I was asking myself, why is there an oil pipe and a gas pipe to Africa, but not clean water? Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. And if you dig in that in that little stuff, you know, people say you're crazy stuff like that. Okay, that's fine with me. Some say I'm crazy. I'll guess I'll always be. One of my favorite sentences from uh, Song of Guns and Roses. But if if you dig into that kind of stuff and you're going to get some answers or you don't get some answers and you dig deeper into it, it's it's that rabbit hole that we're all in. And please, Alex, tell me more about the Firmamental podcast so people, the audience that are listening to this podcast can dig into that stuff either because I think it's great, but I want to hear from your words, man. Well, I think what makes Firmamental amazing is it's not just a conspiracy theory type podcast. It's very much a truth podcast. We're, not that we know everything, not that everything we say might be true and maybe tomorrow we'll figure find out that it's not. But I, I love Firmamental because it's it's about the mind, body, and the spirit and getting them all as strong as humanly possible. And that's why we have people like Rob Nolkin on the show. And that's why we're going to have some other guests on the show. Like I just booked one of my friends who is um, into like helping relationships. All these things are very, very important. Your business is important. Being an entrepreneur, being a small business owner like Rob and us is so important to this world because if, it's the monopolies taking over. We're all screwed. We're all working in a factory. Mm. So if anything, we all have to help, you know, take care of each other. Keep it, keep our businesses small, keep supporting people in your community. Um, I think Firmamental is amazing because we are building the Avengers of truth. And the more people that we have come on that are, I, I hate saying anti-government because you know, if if I all of a sudden became the prime minister of Canada, I know that I wouldn't be perfect, mm. but I sure as heck wouldn't be selling out to China and I wouldn't be selling out to all these lobbyists. And I would only be the prime minister for like five years. Don't pay me anything. And at least we set up a, you know, a, a structured plan. You know, I'm getting a little bit off, off topic, but mm. our leaders need to be the most not that I am this, but I would love to be, and I'm hoping to grow into a man that cannot be corrupted. Someone that is, their values are so strong that these, these are the best of us that are leading, right? And that's not what we're seeing right now. So I think From a Mental does a very good job of talking about the spiritual aspect of our lives as well. Talking about uh, the Bible, talking about biblical cosmology, talk, talking about um, you know, our, our lives and being real people. I, I, that, I think, you know, in the last two or three days, I've had three or four people ask me why is from a mental so successful. And I, I don't, I don't brag. I don't say it's me. I think Raul is very charismatic. I think that, I think that we stay in our genius zones. Mm -hmm. We get, go back, back to our genius zones, right? Where I love to meet people. One of my genius zones is when Rob Nolkin comes on Firmamental in the first 10 minutes, he is now my friend. That is my job. He, if we met in real life, we would hug, we would be going for drinks. And that is, I think that is my superpower. In 10 minutes, I can get Rob Nolkin to be comfortable and 
be excited to be on the Firmamental podcast and want to tell people about it. And that I I really do believe that that's one of my gifts. I love to connect with people. I love mm. to connect people with people. And if I can keep doing that, man, my life, my book, my my life's book is going to get so much bigger and better because of these amazing people that I've I've met and um I just use Firmamental as a as a tool to um do these types of connections and it's yeah, you know, for a selfish reason, it's to make my book more interesting when mm -hmm. I die. I yeah. want I want the best funeral. I want the most amazing people to come to my funeral and say, you know, he he was kind of a funny guy. And I'm glad that I know all these people in this room because of him. And my yeah. life was better. And I laughed a little bit because I knew that guy. And wow. if Firmamental helps me do that, wow, like what a gift, you know? Wow, great set, great set. And and I I really what I really like is also with with the flat earth files from from George Hobbs, it's it's not that that we as a podcast community in a firmamental or with George Hobbs with the true files or with the flat earth files or even on the, the, the uh, disorganized productions, I don't want to push uh, something to the people. I just want to get some knowledge out and what they make. That their own true value. That's that's the thing that for me to motivate people, inspire people throughout some creativity. Because I don't have a script, guys. I just do what I do. I, I love to communicate. I love to dig into more into people. Let them talk, and it doesn't matter what kind of topic it is. And it's not something like, "Hey, you hear this? This is the truth." No, figure out for yourself. It's the same with firmamental. They won't say. And they won't push the truth um, from a guest or from themselves to you. They just want to educate about maybe a different kind of view, a different kind of perspe uh, perspective, uh, perspective. And mm -hmm. you have to dig yourself into that stuff. And that makes it so uh, very, very, um, for me, very, very easy to digest. And also with with uh, with George Hobbs with this, which is kind of a, I, I think our our uh, what's it called uh, uh, the the grandfather of the of the of the truth. <laughs> he's podcast. our sensei. Yeah, he's our sensei, <laughs> really, our mentor. Yes, but he's doing such an awesome job. The way he talks to people and let them in their in their value, never. Well, he he you can agree to disagree with someone uh, but 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 do it in a very respective way and that's uh, that's not always because people want to have their opinion out in this world um even if it's me 5 years ago which is be very uh subjective and 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 not objective about thinking about well what are the facts and stuff like that no just want to tell my opinion mm -hmm. so yeah great Guys, listen to the Fermental podcast. They have uh, you, you. You've been you've been now on air for like three months or something like that. I would say since uh, June. June, yeah, and yeah. Uh, and it's it's uh, when you listen to one, you you automatically listen to the second one and the third one. And I went well. It's about three or four months ago um, when I started searching on the Spotify and and I found Flat Earth files from George Hobbs. 
I digged into the first episode and now I'm on with the 106th, I think it is. And it's, <laughs> and it's, it's not about the topic. It's about seeking the truth, making up your mind and some really interesting guests with interesting stories and an interesting point of view. And some can relate uh, some some you relate more to, but that's okay, you know, that's okay. Um, okay, uh, Alex. I was going to say, I was going to say something, Rob. Yeah. I was going to say that in this journey and with my age, as I get older, the thing I have to keep telling myself over and over again is the more I know or the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Oh, yeah. And that is why it's so important to question everything. everything. Because once you start seeing the little little lies, and then they turn into big lies, and then there's, oh, there's a little truth, but, but then there's another bunch of big lies. It's like, oh, man, what is going on with this world that we live in? Yeah. And it's it's a little bit sad, but I, I like to be positive about it. I like to say that, we get to be excited when we wake up in the morning because we get to learn something new because yeah, that, that nine 11 thing, something's not right about that. So let's, you know, if, if you want to look into that, great. If it upsets you, don't do it, yeah. but know, but know that there are um, a lot of different people out there that are doing really cool work, really amazing writing and oh, yeah. have different ideas. And of course, the FBI wants to call these people conspiracy theorists. And we all have, like, there's all sorts of theories. There's all sorts of theories like the theory of relativity. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that that's led to a whole bunch of different goofy things, right? <laughs> like, there's all sorts of, there's real science. And now we know, Rob, right? There's pseudoscience. Yeah. And people want to call you crazy for questioning these people in lab coats yeah, doesn't that yeah, sound yeah. familiar just yeah, trust the it science. does just the science rob why are, why are you questioning things it's not your job <laughs> to be a scientist well but, the funny thing is when you dig into some things and people say you're a conspiracy theorist or something like that first thing i got now is whoa i think i'm on the right path because otherwise they wouldn't call me idiot or whatever Mm -hmm. And I, I and and the funny thing is, when you start to dig into some things, and you don't see them now on YouTube, for example, five years ago you could dig into whatever it is, flat Earth. You can you could dig in how to make uh, apples uh, grow bigger, whatever kind of topic. You will see all these topics, and contrary, you know, the the the, the upsides and the downsides, and the truth, and and make up your mind by yourself by seeing this kind of stuff. Now, they hide stuff. Why would you hide something when you say, that's crazy, man. Let the crazy community be crazy. I mean, we have, we have buildings and institutions here to get the crazy people in. You know, oh, it's okay when he's walking down with his pants down and smoking two cigarettes one day and drinking five beers because he's crazy. Oh, no problem, no problem. No, now they want you out of the sight they don't want anyone to listen to you somehow so what what about that i, I mean 
when when my big red flag i mean i had so many red flags during covid but my one of my biggest red flags is when our prime minister is saying on the news that i alex pauls am racist i am sexist i hate science i'm anti-science i'm anti-vaccine i have all my shots except for this last thing because uh-huh. i knew something is very very wrong with what's going on but why you know just let me die like why does the prime minister care if i'm dead because of the winter of death and if oh, i yeah. die from covid <laughs> still waiting for that one yeah what why is he pretending to care so much about me all uh-huh. of a sudden he doesn't uh-huh. care he cares about making money uh-huh he cares very much about making money you know what's not a conspiracy theory rob is that my prime minister in canada owns a portion of a lab that they do the lipid nanoparticles in British Columbia for oh. all the vaccines in the world. So every single shot, he gets a kickback. So what does he do? He orders 10 times the number of shots for Canadian. There's 38 million Canadians. He ordered like 120, no, sorry, 300 million shots for all of Canada. He ordered 10 shots for every Canadian. And every one of those he made money off of. Even if the person took it or didn't, yeah, but that's, that's not a conspiracy, right? That's something you can really dig into and you can look at by yourself. And then, when you say that to people in public, they will say to you, "You're a conspiracy theorist," and you would say, "What the fuck? No, I just digged into that. Look, these are the facts. This is his company. This isn't no, yeah, yeah. it's." Really strange where we're living right now. Yeah, think think about that though, Rob. That's something I know. So imagine all the things I don't know. Oh yeah, it's a big pile of shit. That's for sure. Yeah, and I I I think that's one of the uh, um, it's a song text for from Duff McKagan, the 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 bass guitarist from from Guns N' Roses. Um, People get so stuck on getting their names in the lights. Fucking some famous model and keep their assholes tight. And I think that <laughs> that's something that's really digging within this. You know, they do everything to get their names in the light. Yeah. And they do all this crazy shit to 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 make more money. How can it be that our people that represent our government are also by another club invited? To be world rulers, and they tell it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so so I got a I got a business club, and um, I ask everyone like one hundred euros a month uh, contribution, and they 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 trust me. Uh, I, I I arrange uh, several things, you know, we do uh, several things, but I also have something to do with the 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 catering. You know, I got also the catering business that provides them food. I also sure. have the, I also have the, uh, um, um, the, the the Rotary Club. I, I'm also nobody new, but I'm also the, the owner of the Rotary Club, so I make money also with that. So, if you're a normal person and you do do that kind of stuff, you be locked up. You you're gonna be in jail. Yeah. But here they say. In the Netherlands, 
if 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 if, if somebody you know they call their accountability responsibility oh i don't have uh active uh memories on that skip the question right what hey. right <laughs> they don't they don't have to answer it they think they, they don't have to answer it right i think politics screw up when it when they started to teach it at school the, the i think it was uh on a podcast with dave uh, david hobbs like david crockett and stuff like that the the guys uh, in in america mm. they, they did it for a few months to 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 get the country together and to get this collective thing going on okay we got to rebuild this country they didn't ask a penny for it but when they started to make careers into politics, that was screwed yeah. up big time. Just yeah. like the um, uh, the, the uh, what's it called in 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 English? Well, the pharmaceutical industry, but also yeah. with the um, uh, uh, when the industry came up, like one hundred. What they tell us, like one hundred fifty years ago, that you know that we got from steam machines to to stuff like that, so we can do better things like, so we oh, have okay. to work less oh yeah like the industrial revolution right hey and industrial revolution exactly what happened yeah. to that i go 15 kilometers to there i go to germany and within 25 kilometers i'm one of the biggest indus industrial monopoly uh, uh, cities collected mm -hmm. in uh, uh in whole europe that there's groups groupstahl Oh wait a minute, Krupp style didn't they prevent the Nazis with with uh, with tanks and guns? Yeah, yeah, they're still around. Oh, oh, no problem. <laughs> yeah, no big deal. No yeah. big deal. It's, uh, I, it's. I like your map you have behind you. Oh yeah, <laughs> tell me about it. The Gle that so the Gleason map, right? Uh, I got this uh, as a suggestion from George Hobbs, and. Um, I love it. Person personally, it's a good conversation starter. The reason I got it was for tracking flights. Aha. Uh -huh. I, I thought this was a, such an interesting thing. And it's not like a proof of of the earth being flat or uh, you know, a, a level plane, but it, to me it was very interesting that um when I fly from Calgary and I come to visit you or I go to Frankfurt, I fly over Greenland. And not over the ocean, right? We actually go over the Arctic. And then when you look at one of these maps, it's very interesting to see this this the straight line. Hmm. And it, and to go over it. I, I saw someone who who uh, uh who made a map from the moon. It's like a picture in picture with our earth. Like and then he right? made yeah. all the, the, the time zones and stuff like that. It's crazy. Last week, my girlfriend told me, you know how many time zones that Russia has? I think I, I should know because my parents are from Russia. I think it's like 14. 11. 11? Okay. I was going to say. Wow. Right? 11. It's big. It's so big, Russia. It's unbelievable. Yeah, but your, your parents come from Russia, but you have some roots in the Netherlands also, right? Yeah. My last name is Pauls. So my... Uh, Great great grandparents are from the Netherlands, and they left to go to Germany. I'm not quite sure why, 
because they were farmers and they probably would have been happy. Just we probably would have had better lives if we just stayed in the Netherlands. Probably was too small here. <laughs> maybe, maybe they went to Germany, and then from Germany they went to Russia. And my dad was just telling me a story about my great grandmother. How uh, my great grandfather and my great grandmother they owned um, an island in somewhere in Russia near near a lake, and they had a factory on there, and they employed a whole bunch of people. And during the communist takeover, the communists just took took the entire business, got mm. got rid of them, threw them out, and uh, and my my grandparents, all, uh, my grandparents on my dad's side, they were Mennonites, so they were pacifists, uh-huh. so they never fought in the wars, and that was one of the reasons why they left Russia or left Germany to go to Russia because they weren't going to fight in the wars there. Uh-huh. So they they just wanted to be farmers. And and have this factory in in Russia, but once the communists set in and they started taking all their things, um, that was bad. My my mom's dad was actually speaking out against the communists, and they threw him into the gulag for ten years. And my grandmother was sent to a slave labor camp in Siberia. So just the story of my great grandfather or my grandfather surviving the gulag for ten years. He was eighty. 80 pounds, about four, like 35 kilos when he got out. And then he went, just him finding my grand, my grandmother, wherever they had taken her just to, just to get out of the prison. They couldn't kill him or they, he managed to get out after the 10 year sentence and find her start up his business again as an accountant. And then finally, the red curtain lifted or the iron curtain lifted a little bit in 1972 and they managed to come to Canada and escape. Uh, Basically they had two days notice, take whatever you can and get out. And if you don't, then you're stuck here forever kind of thing. Wow. That that was a very, that's a very interesting story that uh, it's too bad. My, like my mother died three years ago, but the stories that um, my grandparents would tell me and my mom would tell me, and when I read books like 1984, it's like, holy smokes, like, that's what they were doing to those people. Yeah, I, they do it for centuries. I'm for sure. I, I think that the, the, the normal people want to have a normal life with love and, and to do all the things that they uh, making themselves happy. And eventually, it, it, I, I was talking to my girlfriend yesterday about several things. And um, of course, we got these things that make ourselves very comfortable. We got heating. We, I can grab a guitar. I can grab a microphone if I want to, you know, and uh, I can make a podcast. I don't have to, but I like to. But mm. if you really would ask me and other people, what is it that you really want? They just want to have a piece of land, um, so, so, some cattle, um some stuff to 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 build on on their own lands, like a, a permaculture or stuff like that, and just to be le- left alone. But no, yeah. that, that I mean, every war <clears throat> and all the people that are murdered for for the for the for whatever it is, uh, is because they didn't fit into that system. Not that they mm. don't fit into the system like nature and God and stuff like that. No, into that system that makes money, slavery and stuff like that. 100%. If you, if you, if you have a, if you build a house here in the Netherlands, 
you can't build a wooden house because you have we have this this uh these stones yeah <laughs> and uh, i don't know what's it called the, the normal stones right but like bricks <laughs> like bricks yeah exactly so brick wall but if yeah. you making a brick wall you have to have a, a a wall in it and another wall because it's porous so when it's going to rain one or two days it's going to get into that so normally it would went into your room if you don't have the second wall there right but if you have a piece of wood you can rain 20 years on it it, it never ever is going to be one drip into the wood outside of the wood right but because they have all these contracts with uh, the brick companies and stuff like that also with mr henry ford one of the first cars he invented was a cannabis based uh carrossery mm. so, so when he bumped into something nothing happened but then they said oh, well, well, mr ford one, one moment we have a big industry here it's called the steel industry you better you better make your automobile which we don't know what it is because we do normally everything with horses and uh, with uh, yeah. with carriages and stuff like that but right. the, the, the thing that you're building is got to be steel mm. our Rudolf yeah. diesel he made the diesel motor named after him but it's not a diesel engine it's an engine that runs on every oil you can find hmm. Hmm. but when he was almost collecting from Germany to, I think it was London, to collect his Nobel Prize. They found his luggage, but never found Rudolf Diesel again because there's a canal between the lands and yeah. vanished. And I, we can I think dig into, yeah, sorry. I was going to say, I think it's very interesting just to go back one. Uh, we're talking about building and what's permitted and what's not. And that's the thing that I've been thinking about lately. It's like, we have to ask permission, get a permit. We have to get a license for, um, we have to pay taxes on almost everything now. Mm. And that's one of the things I want uh, us to talk about on our podcast on Firmamental, just for people to realize how much of a cage they are actually in. Because so many people don't realize how not free we are. And this, to me, this is a huge problem. And then the last the last piece of the puzzle will be the money. Once they get that digital currency in place, and and I don't know if you know my story, but I was part of the Freedom Convoy with the truckers here in Canada. Yeah, I heard I that story, yeah. So not that I arranged it or anything, but we we were supporting it and we jumped in the car and we actually drove for hours with my daughter and that was such a huge part of that feeling of freedom not that we might have even gotten anything but just to show that resistance right mm -hmm. and um it's just so important to question like oh sorry i i got distracted um what when people were giving to charity or to the fundraiser for this trucker convoy the government told the banks 
to freeze the bank accounts of the people that were donating to this thing. Now, is the bank separate from the government? Why would the bank who works for you that has your money listen to politicians who work for you that Mm -hmm. you voted for? How can they have the right to freeze your bank account? If if anybody in Canada had half a brain like me, mm-hmm. we would be freaking out right now. And I'm freaking out, but I don't think not, I would say 90% of the people around me, 95 even, are not freaking out. No, no. We need to freak out and fire every single person that is in parliament and hire new. We need to fire every single CEO of every big bank in Canada. For allowing our employees to freeze our money that we bank, are you? Listen yeah, to me. It's, this is uh, the coffee. The coffee's kicking in now, Rob. You're getting the best of me. Yeah, this is cool. Conspiracy theory. We need to fire these people that work for us. We do not ask permission. If I own my land, I can do whatever the hell I want to do on my land. If I want to but if I want to build a house with wood, I'll build it with wood. I don't need to ask anybody's permission. If I want to have cows, if I want to have a farm, I'm going to do that. I'm not mm-hmm. asking anybody's permission. If I want to dig a hole and have a well with water or if I want to start digging and look for gold, it's my land. I can do whatever the hell I want with it. Uh-huh. Why, why are we who are we asking permission to? Why are we asking permission? Why am I paying taxes on money? Like, okay, you and me work, Rob. Mm -hmm. They take our income tax, which is already the first step. Yeah. I don't want to pay income tax. Yeah, I don't want to pay income tax anymore. That's my money. I earned it. Uh The government didn't earn anything. I go to the grocery store. Okay, fine. Now I'll pay taxes on the stuff that I buy. I used my money. Fine. Now I'll pay taxes on the groceries, on the whatever. I go get gas. Okay, I'm cool. There's 50, in Canada, it's like 50 or 60% of our gas is taxed. Yeah. And that tax is to pay for the roads, to help keep the roads good. Mm-hmm. I'm okay with that. That's fine. Yeah. But don't tell me you need to tax my income so that the road can get fixed. Uh-huh. Or, and tax your vehicle. And then tax my vehicle, yet. Yeah. Do I own this vehicle? Yes. Why am I paying taxes on it then every exactly. year? Why am I insuring it every year or registering it every year? It, I, it's still mine. Why would I repay to, to it's, register it? Oh, it's crazy there's, shit, man. There's, and it, in Canada and in Europe, it's probably worse than anywhere in the world. Like you and me, we probably pay 70%, 80% of, of our money that we make is probably taxed minimum taxes or permits or licenses or or it's basically just us asking permission to do anything (laughs) and you know the funny thing is about this story alex the funny thing is the corrupt people say that we are corrupt and that we're telling nonsense but they are so corrupted that the banks allow because they got from fed up from, from from upstairs, whatever they call it, and to shut us down. But he got all these commands from the most corrupt shit that's that's in the world. 
So who are you shutting down? Okay, if you if you do it like that, shut down the government. Yeah. But, and and I I don't know how how it is with 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 you guys with uh, immigration and stuff like that, but I am in the middle, exactly in the middle. Probably the point of the goddamn pointer down here from tri-state city. It's going to be the Netherlands, which is 385 kilometers long and maybe 300 kilometers wide. A -hmm. part of this, this, uh, uh, which we call it, this It's like, uh, Dusseldorf, Cologne, where all the industry is going on in Germany, the heavy industry. They're, They're living on this little, well, I think it's, 30 or 40 kilometers is going to be 18 million people only in Germany. So it's 18 million and 18 million makes 32. Yeah. And then you got this piece of uh, Belgium and that's only, it's a diameter, probably 100 kilometers. If I only take that one, I got Germany, Belgium and uh, the Netherlands where I'll probably base 30 to 40 million people. And you can't get out here without any shit that they want to tell you in in the digital stuff like that. So I think we're going to get some magnets (laughs) because digital stuff has a really something going on with magnets and water. Yeah. But the, the thing is, Alex, we are listening to several podcasts with several stories and about people like you said before, that know things, that work for NASA, that know things. And if you don't see the truth, if you don't dig into this shit, you would be you would be the, the deer in the headlights within now and a couple of maybe weeks, maybe if you're lucky, month, but we don't have any years left. They're spreading something out like they did before, to shut us down because we got more knowledge, we got more communication going on. We are we are digging with each other into this kind of topics, and um, it, it should it, it, it's a positive way. It's a positive way to wake somebody up, and it's a positive way to 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 think about how ludicrous it is, how they how they do these things because they're there's some kind of like this stupid clown that's that's uh falling and tripping all over again it's not the perfect one who's making a perfect stage and stuff like that if you yeah. look at the moon landing uh, it doesn't matter if you look at india or the moon landing from 1969 how uh, if you look into that right now if you don't laugh about what you see then then i'm sorry for you man i'm really sorry for you but it's it's really it's a it's a comedian show because they they can't do the things that we do somehow so i was going to say one of the things that's dangerous about flat earth and i know that that's why they want to censor it let's say we're wrong Let, let's just say we're mm-hmm. wrong the, the earth is a globe it's just I don't believe it, but I, I always say if the earth is a globe, it is way bigger than what they're telling us. It mm-hmm. is way bigger because anybody that knows the numbers and you can go and listen to any of my stuff. I love I love numbers. I love talking about numbers. I love actual physics. 
there is a there is a level of sorcery that's been done on atheists and atheism and i'll get i'll get to that right away but mm-hmm. these people they cannot see properly they cannot see what you and i see they see something totally different and um i don't know if that's a spiritual thing or i i i'm digging into this this is going to be one of my uh, articles i'm writing it's called uh the distractions of the devil and i'm writing another one called the the desperation of the devil and i woke up this morning and i had this inspiration because i was coming on here and i wanted to talk to you about this so now that i've said it i have to write these articles about about these things but getting back to flat earth and bi- biblical cosmology let's say let let's say it's it doesn't even matter if it's if it's real or not but mm-hmm. the side effect the side effect of it is what scares them what's dangerous because not only do I believe in God now, like I know that there's God. I don't even have to believe. I know that there's God. And I know that we win in the end. And I know that I can take my power back now. Mm. I'm I'm not a speck of dust accident in the universe of this thing, right? Mm-hmm. I'm Alex Pauls. I am the soul. I am here in this body right now. I am so much more than this body. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking my power back exactly and the that. better I get and the smarter I get and the stronger I get, I can go out into the community. I can go out now on podcasts and I can help give inspiration and more strength to other people too. Mm. This is a dangerous thing. Oh, and yeah. especially the things that I'm saying about people need to realize they work for us. Yeah, exactly. They work for us. We are the powerful ones. And God is really good. There is no mm. accidents here. There's no accidents. If your life is shit, it's your fault. It's not It's not the government's job to save you. It's not the government's job to help you. It's you. It's your job. Mm. And there's, when I was reading, um, I was reading Exodus during COVID. And the thing that really bothered me uh, like when you'd watch the Ten Commandments and the Jews, they come out of Egypt and they're mm-hmm. bitching and complaining to Moses like, oh, God, what have you done to us? Let's just go back. Like, at least we had food, you know, at least at least we were taken care of. Like, here we got to take care of ourselves now, you ass. Like, <laughs> but that's human nature, right? 80% of people want to yeah. be taken care of. And that's why, like, so many people want socialism and they want this like magic shit that because people are too lazy. They're not strong enough. Hmm. And I'm telling you, when you believe in God and when you believe in yourself and you believe that you are awesome and you start reading more and you start eating well and you start exercising and you start being a better person and you start meeting people and you go out there with intention to make the world a better place. You can change things. You can. You have your attitude, this amazing attitude that you can bring to the world. You will attract incredible things to you. And people will want to listen to you. And they'll believe you. They'll believe what you say. Just like they believe some clown on the on the news with some white jacket that says, oh, you got to stay inside for two weeks. And that's what's going to save. Oh, wait, no, it's two years. You got to stay inside for two years now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Only one jab. No, two. No, oh, no three. Maybe but get both. seven. Yeah, maybe get seven. <laughs> if you get seven, everything will be fine. Isn't like, that a big shit show? But true. Yeah. 
Continue. Are you still listening to these people? No. Why wouldn't you listen to me? Yeah. What makes me less of a clown than that guy on TV? And I'm telling you that the answer is you. I'd much rather believe me than some guy on TV that needs a paycheck from this guy's hard-earned money. Yeah. You know, it's... those guys, those are our bitches. Those those bitches work for us. Exactly. Exactly. That's my they rant. have to do. We're the, We're the pimps. We're the pimps of pimp. these bitches. Exactly. But somehow we lost contact with being controlled and, and to have the big hat on and say, hey, wait, 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 wait a minute. You know, your bitches are fucking around. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. you, you got to do the job. You got to do the things. Yeah, it's and a it's really, really sad. It's, it's a really sad side effect. So look at the opposite now. Heliocentrism. You don't people don't realize this. We did an episode called Lines in the Sand. You mm -hmm. cannot believe in God and believe in the Big Bang Theory. No, you can't. It's impossible. You might say you do, but that's because you don't realize it. That it they just exactly. don't mix. You can't believe in God and believe in evolution. This is we're, I'm not the descendant of a monkey. I'm not. No. It takes way more mental jujitsu to believe that everything came from nothing. There was this explosion. And then magically, magically, me and Rob are on a podcast yeah. talking. You know, that, I, I, that's way more that's way more bullshit than oh, anything. I got one fun for uh, evolution. So they say it was Darwin, I think, right? Uh, we yeah. we coming from the apes, and 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 eventually we, we went we went in this big soup, and we went to to the land and stuff like that. So I got one. I got one for you, listeners. If that is true, what about the rest that you're looking at? At the animals and the flora and fauna you see every goddamn day. If we are being, and we 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 evolute, okay? We 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 dig into. Um, we evolve spiritually. <laughs> yeah, but but also maybe 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 uh, uh, f physically and stuff like that. You know, if, if it's going to be very harsh for, uh, I, I think it was one of the podcasts we had a hunger winter here in the Netherlands with the with the war, and the babies after that winter were more fat because they 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 started to eat more to prevent themselves from starving to death. So I think there's something is going on like evolution in our body, but not that I was millions, <laughs> millions of years ago, a monkey or stuff like that. But if, if you, if you dig into that shit, okay, great. So we are evaluate, uh, evaluated from monkeys, but what about the rest? So a cow, what, what was that? Also a monkey. What, what right. about a lion? What was it? Was it okay? Or yeah? Or is it only a story based of how we, our humans, are been created and the rest was there? What the hell, people? Think about that. That's a, uh, that's myself a bullet, man. Yeah, man. It's uh, it's it's crazy. And to you know, we were we did an episode with Sean Hibbler, and he's talking about old world order. And this is very interesting. Like you go into some buildings in Europe that are still there, some 
look at the architecture in Europe and then you come here and you just like, what the hell? And that's because so many of the cities in North America, like Chicago and San Francisco, they were burned down, right? But mm. there was apparently incredible buildings here too that were destroyed. And it's like something we were much more capable of building incredible things a long time ago mm. than we are now. And we're talking about cowboys and horses and buggies. But then you look at the Sistine Chapel, you look at so in Spain, they have the most amazing cathedrals you've ever seen in your entire life. Yeah. And Italy, it, also Florence, Siena. Right. Wow. Like, and, and these were built like over a thousand years ago. And they still stand. And here in where I live, they build houses and they last for 150 years and they get knocked down. Yeah. <laughs> like, what are we doing? What are we doing? Yeah. Like, we're not better. We're not better. We're not smarter than what what our ancestors were. We're not better. No. How can it be that people thousands of years ago made the pyramids, the great pyramids of, of Egypt, And we say that no, they were dumb, but they were slaves and the stuff like that. We still can't figure out how they did it. And probably there are some theories. And this is one of the things, guys. If you dig into a lot of conspiracy, whatever it's going to be, and you have something like gravity, it's a theory. It's not something that they can grab a hold on and say for 100% sure that they can say, now it's like this. No, it's a theory. A theory, and that's that's cool from science. Every time when somebody, somebody else is bringing something up, they would say, oh, wait a minute. This is a more plausible theory. But fact is something totally different. Yeah, and pyramids are found all over the world. It's not only in Egypt. Probably they dig them, you know. And it's really funny because if you see pictures of the Great Pyramids, like you see in Discovery and stuff like that, you say, "Wow!" But if you really take a good picture of it, you see the city of Cairo, just like five kilometers away or something like that. Yeah, it's like right there. Yeah. So it. it We are fu we're sense, fucking right? up so much time uh, of, of, of things, just like forests, which are thousands of years old and, and, and host flora and fauna. What they do nowadays, put, get rid of the forest and we're going to make some uh, skyscrapers. Yeah, yeah, okay. For what? Yeah, the, the, or even in the Netherlands to get rid of the farms and build these cities, right? Oh man, Those farms in the Netherlands are so important. And these guys are really, every single time when the government said, no, we have some new uh, laws or some new things, they were doing it. We, we have one of the, the most, and of course, I, to be honest, the, the meat industry, that's something totally different, right? The, the meat industry, I saw one of them uh, uh, from Sean Hebler, Or Hibbler Productions, one of the movies, and, and it's about the really the, the meat industry. It's a nasty business. But if you have a cow and you, you feed it well and you have it with your family, it gives you milk, it gives you everything that you need, and in the end, you're going to eat it. It's, it's something that's, for, for me, that that's honor nature. 
Not like, okay, I go to the grocery store, I buy a piece of cow. That's something different in my point of view, uh, in my opinion. But the way we treat the cattle here and the way the the farmers already did all these these emission norms and stuff like that, it's crazy. It's crazy. And you have to think and realize the Netherlands has been built hundreds of years ago by farmers. Mm -hmm. The government, the 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 uh, the Romans, the 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 Romans, they, they these are settled down in Den Hagen stuff like that because they couldn't get ground here, where I live, because yeah. we were fighting with pitchforks and stuff like that against them, like Asterix and Obelix. If you don't know what I mean, <laughs> yeah, 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 we, and we did that, but but now, if I walk outside, I I hear they did this this uh, highway, I call it the roaring sound. Of society it's a constantly there's constantly some vibration there mm -hmm. we got fed up by vibrations and that's why they build all these towers around us because if, if something is going to get down they can vibrate they can it's like a microwave it's like a fucking microwave i think yeah i mean i I don't know that much about it, but I do know that they use uh, 5G in some types of uh, military weapons. Mm. So, I, I mean, we, I mean, hell, we microwave ourselves all day long with Wi-Fi and, and, and our phones. Ourselves, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, w I was telling my daughter that she was born in 2008. And I said, in 2008, all I had was one wire coming from my modem to my computer and if i wanted to check facebook or whatever i would have to go on the computer do whatever i need to do and then get off there was no wi-fi there was no using my phone my phone was for calls and for texting that's yeah it. there was no wi-fi there was no constant internet there was no uh none of that and now it's just everybody's device needs to be connected we need to have 5g and we we need to have uh yeah like none of my stuff is connected hard like hardwired anything mm. It's, 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 I mean, I'm 50 now, 50 when I was young. And I, I remember to get, I, I had to go back, back home when I was playing outside. Then at that time, it was quite safe to play outside because I was living in the village, small village. When the, when the lights went on, on the lanterns, I went inside because then I knew it, it was around six o'clock. <laughs> and it, I mean, my dad had had a job as a salesman, and he came home with this. I don't know what it's called in in English, but it was a bakalit telephone. It was like this big. It was a mobile phone, just like one little hook, and then this big case, and it yeah. cost like I think like eight guldens or something. I don't know what it cost, but it cost pretty much money and he had an he had a peeper on his dashboard and one was for his wife second one was for his matress uh <laughs> third one was for his secretary stuff like that and for you know and then he knew oh somebody rang me and he he could call with a mobile phone which was waiting like eight 
pounds or something like that. Crazy. Really crazy. And and nowadays, if you turn off the Wi-Fi, mm-hmm. all the little children are like, ah, my life is over. I was yeah, just watching TikTok. <laughs> I have I have one episode of that um in, in my in my course. It's called Appetite for Nonsense. Yes. And it's one of the things I'm also struggle with. I, I I'm HDAD, so I, I need I need information, information, information. But uh, I, I haven't been a while on TikTok now for three or four days because I I do not want to be addicted in what kind of way to something or someone. I won't allow me that. So when I'm when I'm when I'm when I'm feeling, oh wait a minute, I I, I dig more into Facebook or or stuff like that. I'm I'm gonna gonna say okay, let's let's hit this shit, Rob. It's too much. No, we're not gonna do that. The distractions of the devil, right? Yeah, and the more you dig into that, the more you see it's. I mean, there's a lot of that going on. I mean, I love to play music. Yeah. But but the other thing is a lot of the music that I listen to, if I'm listening now, it's 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 the sound of the devil. If you sat there without your phone, let's say you didn't have your phone and you were just bored, and you picked up that guitar just for twenty minutes, mm-hmm. and you just like listened to yourself, and then you just started to play, how much better would that feel if you did that twenty minutes a day instead of having that phone on TikTok or Instagram? I do that. I good. do that a lot. <laughs> but, that, really? but that's good, right? And I regret it when I don't. Uh, there's lots of times where I'm on stupid Instagram or whatever, and next thing you know, 20 minutes is gone. And I could have been reading one of my books. I could have yeah. been write, writing a new book. I could have been... There's lots of times where I just... If, if I just allow myself to sit, especially in the morning, if I wake up at like five in the morning and I sit, like I did this morning, I actually woke up because I was excited to be on the podcast. I woke up at 5 a.m. on a Saturday, no alarm, and I was excited and I got these ideas, these downloads for uh, the creative zone of my genius, the des- the desperation of the devil, the distractions of the devil. And I sat and I sat with those things. I'm like, oh, OK, I'm meant I'm meant to write about these things. But if I wouldn't have just sat there in that time where that and that's my creative time, hmm. if I wouldn't if I wouldn't have done that. I mean, not that I'm a, anybody special. I'm not the celebrity but I might have missed my window to download that and then to create that for somebody who needed to read that or mm. for somebody who needed to hear that, you know, and, and all of us have that, all of us have that gift. All of us, all of us, if we were books on a shelf, we would each have a very, very interesting story to tell oh, each yeah. of us. Um, the worst thing you can do is put a person in a group. The best thing you can do is take that person out of a group and really find out about them, find out about um, who they are, what they love, their traumas. Their mm. You can really get this amazing picture of, of who this person is. And everybody, everybody has that ability to be uh, an incredible individual. And yes. so, so much of us is being robbed by, by these distractions. You exactly know, exactly what you say. And, and I think that the more, I'm digging into that to, if you call it content, but but the more I do stuff like this, this is this is what I really love. 
this is what I like. It, since the last two years, when, when I started to be an entrepreneur, no matter what, I don't, I didn't care about time. Normally, nine o'clock, you go get in, five o'clock, you get at home, you know, stuff like that. But if they if they asking you can, can you spend a, a little bit earlier a little bit it, it was it was some it was something going on and like oh fuck I don't know and like in the beginning yes enthusiasm and stuff like that but but now even if I'm working in a weekend oh, I love to do it I, and the more I got interaction with people since especially since the last podcast people reached out to me and mm. I I, re, I I you know. You know that the message that you have or the person that you have, the story that you tell is reached somebody. Mm-hmm. It's it's like the first sale. You know, I don't care about the sale. I want my product, whatever it's going to be, out and that somebody is digging into that and that he's finding any value in it. That's 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 the creation of what I like to do. Yeah, we love to serve. It's, it's, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, absolutely. We want to serve the world our gifts. Yeah, and, and the, the way we talk, and and I mean, I, I'm I'm in the Netherlands. I'm I'm not normally familiar with with English. I I did a lot of things in English. Um, we have this this funny thing here in the in, in the Netherlands. Uh, when we watch TV when we were younger, everything is with subtitles, so we we always hear the 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 uh, uh, the, the official. Or the, the normal language, and we see the translation in in in, in Dutch, so we have to read it. Yeah, yeah. In Germany, they translate everything to to Germany. So if you have Schwarzenegger, it, it's really funny, you know. <laughs> it, it's a uh, um, what was this? Hustle of Vista Baby, you know. Yeah. I think that's a wrong sentence. But if you say if you say something like a, like a mob wise thing in in a film like. A, Hey, hey, Gino, stick it up, man. We gotta go there. We go. We gotta go to the car. We're gonna put these these punks in the trunk. You know, something like yeah. that. <laughs> if you hear it in Germany, it's just hey, Gino, ja, wir sollen diese Typen mal uh, ganz schnell fertig machen und im uh, in Kofferraum schmeißen. What? So they well, listen. Yeah, it's like any language. Uh, it, the slang is funny. If you try to translate slang, it's hilarious, yeah. right? But, but that's the beauty of different languages. I was I was just talking about how Russian is such an incredible language because in one word you can capture the smell, the feeling, the the joke, the like one word can encapsulate so many things where in English you have to make it like five, six, mm. eight words, right? And it's really funny when you're really listening into the, the UK stuff. They they don't know. And there was an episode from um, Top Gear. Where they make fun of the Americans because in in English they they say we we go horse riding, but but in in America they say we go horse back riding. So so don't grab it by its foot or something. You get it. Yeah. <laughs> and glasses or binoculars, you know. And yeah. you know, in America said like eyeglasses. So the glasses you have, you put them on your for the eyes, not not for your feet, not for your hands. Right. right. And there's something that we, we we talked about a little bit. Only only one thing on on the on the, on the fundamental podcast, uh, the spells like sword, sword, the words, oh, yes. and um, 
you have some really interesting guests on it, man. I love to listen to Scipio Eruditis. Yeah. You have David Weiss. You have mm -hmm. Mark Sargent. Uh, Hillary with with a, I I cried with that story when I listened to it in, in 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 my car and I was talking to Raul, one of the hosts of Fermental Podcast, uh, about that episode and I said, man, I, he said I started to cry and I said I I tell you I cried too, man. It was such a amazing story about an amazing woman and um, she followed me yesterday or the day before on Instagram and she's mm. making beautiful jewelry and uh she lives on a beautiful pl place now where she uh um she found god again and and yeah. it, it it had uh a, a tremendous story how to be far away from god and to get into that again and it's, Alex, uh, it's a good it's a good side effect right it's a good side effect yes yes and as i told you the, the, I don't care what they think about me right now, but I bought a Bible a couple of weeks ago. I would never ever thought I would I would buying a Bible and dig into that stuff. Mm -hmm. I never ever, but th that's okay, man. I, I'm, and that's one of the thing about people of this truth community. They don't have this. This is the truth. They have something like okay. Let me hear your story or your opinion or your perspective. And maybe I can twitch my own truth a little bit around. And it's not like, oh, man, you're crazy. Oh, okay. Why? Well, you're just crazy, man. Why? You know what's funny is I, the thing that I love about the Bible, um, my grandfather, he he would tell me stories all the time when I was a kid all the time and that's the reason why i always had faith because my parents weren't religious people but my grandfather he would have died for his faith in russia you were not allowed to practice and he was getting on a train and secretly going places and it was very interesting knowing that he risked his life for his faith and as a little boy not having that at home but when i would come to visit him and hear have him tell me stories and I love puzzles and I love stories and I love uh, listening to different people talk about the Bible. And when they like unlock a little something, when they, mm -hmm. when they find something in there, because there's so many like little hidden gems in different parts. And when I have read something and then I listen to somebody talk and then they emphasize one point in, in some scripture and you look at it and it's like, Oh wow, it's like Da Vinci Code. Like something just got unlocked. Yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, cool. It's like a it's like a game, right? And <laughs> I love that. And I, I everybody's like, oh, the devil, he makes everything look so cool. But and we're like Ned Flanders on The Simpsons. We're like nerds that are like, ah, the Bible's cool. But it's it's so funny because there's actually it's the opposite. There's so many interesting lessons and so many interesting just the way it's worded uh it, it'll blow your blow your mind right and i can only imagine like if i picked up a bible that was in german or in dutch how interesting it would be to read uh the different translations because i don't think english going back to our spells right i don't think english is that good of a language mm. no like 
growing up, I didn't speak English until I was about five years old. Huh. I, I only spoke Russian. And to me, <laughs> Russian was like the greatest language ever. You still speak it? I can understand a little bit, but I'm super rusty now, which is unfortunate. But I just don't have anybody to work with in Russian, you know. Uh -huh. I, I loved it. And I loved speaking it. And like, I love listening to my parents and their friends talk in, in Russian and the, the jokes and the funny things that they would say. It's like, like I said, I could like smell a word. It was so, uh -huh. it was so interesting. And then when, when I started speaking English, I'm like, man, this is not such a magical language. Like when I listen to my cousins in Germany um, talk, and I can understand a little bit of German and, uh, but it's, it's so interesting when you go traveling to different places, people are, the way they communicate, you can see they're just so happy and they're laughing and they're they're. Uh, I just love, I love that. And I, I think like English is missing a lot of that. I don't know how to explain it properly, but English, I know because I, I didn't grow up speaking English that it's not a superior language by any means. No, no, no. It's, it's, it's one of the easiest ways. And a lot of people, if you look to YouTube, how many people that that are speaking maybe not that 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 good or in a sentence or but, but they can make themselves understandable in english there's so yeah. many people like it's and, an easy caveman language right yeah yeah you could barely speak english and you would and just have to say understand you. words i would still understand you i i get it i know what you mean yeah. but my cousins would drive me crazy because i would try and speak german and if i don't say it perfectly oh I don't say it perfectly it's like what are you saying what, yeah, like they had yeah, yeah. no idea what and then i'm like screw it i'm just speaking english to you guys i'm not even trying but and, I'll, and i'll say cement you you know how to say cement like you know like the pavement on the ground where the cars drive cement yeah yeah so i'm explaining this to my cousins oh you mean cement i'm like shut up man oh. like they, they couldn't understand what i was talking about i said cement and they couldn't get it. I'm like, oh, you guys are dead to me. Oh, yeah. I I think they're pain in the asses. <laughs> because because if you're if you're a Dutch guy and you not speak that good German, but you go to Germany and you, you try to speak it, they really love it. And I, I can tell you because I was driving a lot in Germany, but my uh my, my father was a German, so I have basically my uh, German nationality and I'm living in the Netherlands as a as a Dutch guy. Eventually, I, I'm, I'm I'm half and half, half German, half okay. half. Um, I speak fluently German, but if if Rob, you Rob, if, do you know what uh, do you know what Plattdeutsch is? Plattdeutsch, ja, na yeah, na klar, na klar, Plattdeutsch. Right. So my my dad and my grandmother they, and my my family they speak Plattdeutsch like more okay. than more yeah, than because it worms is it's like 15, 20 kilometers away from here, I think. Oh, th th those relatives, they don't speak Plattdeutsch. But my my family that came from Russia here, okay. they, sp they speak Plattdeutsch because uh, I don't know. I don't know why they created that language. I think it was like to hide, hide from the government or, I just or it's like a slang, you, right? I just want to dig into you when you were talking about these languages and about spells. Every town where I live in the Netherlands, every town has its own dialect. Hmm. So it's not only how you pronounce the things, but also it could be completely different something that's meaning the same, but they have their own dialect. And that's the same with Plattdeutsch. And the funny thing is, 
if I speak dialect Venlo from from here Venlo, yeah, in in uh, Aachen in in Aachen, it's like one hundred kilometers away in Germany, they will understand each other. Crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. And and I love languages, and and I think it has something to do with. Um, uh, it's a very old language, so even Netherlands is one. I think one one of the most uh, difficult languages to to speak and to learn. Mm. Uh, I think Mandarin in, in China is is very very hard and and Finnish. Hungarian is tough, um, man. That's Hungarian, a crazy yeah. I want to go to Hungary, but the, the language is so tough. Nobody's speaking English, English or, or, or German. German. Oh language. no, Rob, you have to go to Budapest. I, I was like, there. For... It's super English friendly. I was totally fine. My wife speaks Hungarian fluently, but uh, I was I loved it there. Like I I I was scared, but it was very English friendly. But uh, man, that's one of my favorite places. I was there before the uh, uh, the wall went down. So when it was oh crazy. really yeah with my dad, they had oh cool at that time they had it was crazy. They had um, my dad was basically um, selling equipment for, for IBM stuff like that. He brought it here in Germany and then went to the universities in 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 the eastern eastern border, right? Mm. And to sell it to universities and, and and stuff like that. So he was, he, I think, he was a, quite a big man, as he told me. Um, he went to uh, uh, Russia, Bulgaria, Poland, and stuff like that. And when I was thirteen years old and was fourteen or fifteen, I went with a business travel with him, and we went to Budapest. But I had at that time I had a little bit long hair, and there was in Budapest there was two hotels one hotel was really really nice and really fancy but there were a lot of hookers and stuff like that and the other mm. one was the forum hotel and the forum hotel was was really really nice like four stars five stars whatever and i couldn't get in they mm. hold me back and i was sitting in the car waiting for my dad and my dad had his own bodyguard from poland Kazimier. oh wow it was That's a little cool. guy with a mustache and uh Oh man, I got some crazy stories to, to tell you about that, man. But th that was my bodyguard too, right? So there was this little old guy, Polish. And sometimes when people came up to us, he, he only opened his jacket and he said, oh no. And he looked <laughs> and he, he had his nine millimeter on his thing. And my oh, dad wow. needed it because um, when they knew that you were doing business in these, in these countries at that time, Mafia was was just looking around the corner. Okay, you 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 want to you want to have protection or you want to be dead? You pay right. or not? So he has his own bodyguard, but I couldn't get into the hotel. Hmm. And then this my fair uh, my, my uh, the bodyguard came and he said, ah, this did learn. He went to the trunk, opened up the trunk, and that that there came a sweater, a nice white sweater, and he he said, could you make a top like like uh, like the pigtail, you know? Yeah, probably. So I did that. I put on the sweater, and he he, he went up to these guys. You know, is is this decent enough for the, for this bloody thing? And then right. they heard who I was. So I was the 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 child from from my dad, right? Well, probably yes, of course. <laughs> 
but they all bowed, just like, oh, sorry, 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 because because oh, my wow. dad came there for once, once in the two weeks, and he he spent there for a week, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, right. crazy stories, man. Crazy stories. That's cool. That's pretty awesome. Huh. But uh, I think that that's um, you you bring up a good point, and and one of the most important things people can do is travel, go to di- go to different places, experience different cultures, and that's another reason why. Uh, we're so scared of other cultures and people is because people are just ignorant to mm. to other people. I mean, I'm not saying that everywhere is safe, but everywhere I've ever been to, the people are amazingly kind, amazingly good. It's like people people give me a hard time. Oh, you're going to America? You're going to get shot. I'm like, what are you talking <laughs> about? Like, you're not going to get shot in America. I mean, if you go in the middle of the night and do cocaine and you're in the middle of a back alley, maybe you're going to get shot, right? Yeah. Maybe maybe in Amsterdam that'll happen to you too, right? It's, uh, you know, you got to use half half a brain, but uh, um, <laughs> you, need, you need to go and experience and see that everywhere you go, everybody is just like you. They all want a good life. They all want to go out and not everybody some people are dicks right so or somebody's yeah, having a of bad of course you got them but yeah. whatever for the most part you're gonna go and you're gonna experience amazing food you're gonna experience amazing culture you're gonna meet some cool people and people want to talk to you too right it's like mm. oh you're from I, I oh hey rob i'm from canada boom what do you want to know about canada and i can answer all your questions right like yeah. people want to know about where you're from too as much as when you're there and people yeah, are proud that you dig into their culture and stuff like that. Yeah, people. I always have proud. to be careful when I say I come from the Netherlands. Netherlands, Netherlands, uh, like Amsterdam. Oh, you smoke? Nah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> is it allowed here? That's <laughs> you so got funny. Some? <laughs> when when I was in Amsterdam, my my oldest daughter she wanted to go into every single marijuana shop. I'm like, dude, because there was all these like crazy rainbow flags and oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, different yeah. designs. And she's like, oh, that's cool, dad. <laughs> and my my other daughter, when we were oh, I got this funny story. So we're in Switzerland in um, uh, we were in Zurich, and we come up to this beautiful window, and there's all these different colors, and the sun is shining beautiful and i walk up to her and she's looking at it and she's like oh it's beautiful that night look and it's a wall of dildos <laughs> and <laughs> it was some crazy sex shop and it's all these different dildos on the uh in the window and i quickly grab her hand i'm like okay let's go and we'll go look at something else and i'm like oh my god leave it to my kids to go and stare at the wall of penises you know like <laughs> oh. And then the other one's trying to go smoke weed with all these, all these people. It's like holy oh, smoke! Man. I'm gonna I, have I, my hands full later. I, I think the, the the funny thing is that more and more countries it, it is allowed to have and to smoke. And um, I think Bob Marley was one of these guys who said they don't want us to smoke because otherwise we would know too much more and we would see more of the universe around us. So that's a, that's a nice one. Mm. It's interesting. I've only dabbled a little bit with uh, with marijuana and just like edibles and stuff like that. Yeah. But it's it's funny. It's um, And I'm guessing everybody is very different. But for me, it's like I get very happy. It's that's, like that's one of the things, yeah. <laughs> it's like ha- happier than normal. I'm like, ah, oh, crap. 
But you know what I think to myself after it's like, I need to figure out how to bring that happiness out without mm. having to, to eat this, right? It's a funny that you that you mentioned this because Bashar, uh, Daryl Anka, the, 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 he's a, a medium. So he, oh, yeah. and and uh, Bashar is, is 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 the one that's in the universe and stuff like that, uh, whatever it is, right? You know, but uh, there was this lady coming up and he said, "Yeah, I, I'm dealing with some uh, drugs and with uh, alcohol and and cannabis." And he said, "Oh, whoa, 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 whoa." You got some issues with alcohol and stuff like that. That's that's bad. Cannabis. Everything that's provided by Earth, it's okay to use. But hmm. normally, people use it to to uh, get in a state that you are could that, uh, that that you could adapt in without it. I was smoking yeah. a lot, man. If I have to put it in 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 a room. If I have to put all stuff that I smoked in a room, it would be a big building, man. <laughs> <laughs> that's and funny. there's no excuse. There's no excuse. I, I mean, I'm, I'm I'm from the Netherlands, but that's no excuse. But uh, but for me, I always find that's like my dad was an alcoholic. So for me, it's always the psychology behind it. It's like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. Like, am I using this to make my my myself relaxed am i using this to make myself happier why can't i be happy without this or mm -hmm. why do i need why do i need this to forget about that or i i always look at it as kind of like a medicine almost like a mm -hmm. nerd it's like why am i why am i doing these things to myself when so like being a child of an alcoholic i'm always aware that if i'm drinking why am i drinking am i Am I drinking because I need it or am I drinking because I want it? And, I and if I answer that, the, man. and I always answer my own question, if I need it, I don't drink. Mm. Like I'm not, I'm not going to use alcohol as like a medicine and I'm not going to use alcohol as a crutch to make my life more tolerable or more better because it goes back to our original point. It, I'm in charge of my life. Mm. It's not. And if something's shitty, alcohol is not going to make it better. The government's not going to make it better. I need to clear my head and I need to figure out how I'm going to make this thing better. Mm. And alcohol to me is for fun. I, and now that I'm older, I drink really nice expensive alcohol and it's mm -hmm. okay. I only drink a little bit and I drink it because I enjoy it. Exactly. Not because it's a medicine. It's like, it's like smoking a cigar instead of smoking cigarettes. Exactly. Yeah. And my, my dad was an alcoholist too. And I was drinking a lot. That's, one of the things probably why I went up into the uh, into the hospital, but mm. now, as I figured myself out for why why are you trying to get so drunk? I, I sometimes I like it, you know, when when I'm here on a Saturday or whatever, and I, I just want to have a few beers, and I'm feeling to get this this this, this dizziness, turn on the lights, grab my guitar, play play something. I think is I think is freaking great. Listen back to it because normally I tr I try normally to record it on my telephone and then uh, the day after just like ah, that wasn't that great was it? but I had fun I had fun. alcohol is alcohol is funny because you're way funnier and you're way more awesome in your mind exactly right exactly it was once there came a very ugly woman to me and she said man you're drunk 
I said, yeah, but that's that's over tomorrow. And you're ugly, but that's not going to be over tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I always call it the perfect storm. It's once every year or once every two years, I start to have too much fun. And then I ask myself, it's like, do I want to have a shitty day tomorrow? (laughs) And then I'm like, it's it's worth it. It's worth it. I'm having fun. Let's go. Yeah. And then we yeah. keep, we keep the party going. But uh, and that, I always call it the perfect storm. But it's it's funny. You can have some good times, right? But it's all up here. You're probably way stupider. If somebody videotaped you, and in your mind, what's happening is totally different than reality. Oh right? yeah. But, totally but different. Have you been to parties where you were sober and the West was getting drunk? Yes. Yes. If you see how people behave, just like. Oh, he's he's trying to dig up that girl. It's not gonna happen, dude. You see, yeah. and he, you know, he's drinking one. He, he's looking at that girl, and you see that. I like psychology, so I, I'm looking at yeah. him and say, okay, he's digging out that girl. Okay, she's digging. No, she's not digging at him because she thinks already. Oh no, that's. Oh, I think he drank too much, so he takes another shot because he wants to get, you know he wants to get in the mood yeah. and and then he makes his his, his movement to it but in your mind it's pretty smooth and he just yeah. walks it's so funny alex time is really flying as we having fun i always have 10 questions for my uh, guests and uh of course you're going to have 10 of these questions too, just to let the audience know more about you than we already knew in this really nice, beautiful podcast and awesome conversation that we have already now. Okay, I got 10 questions and uh, these are going to be a little like shotguns, okay? What's your favorite? Okay, let's, let's get it on. What's your favorite color? My favorite color is blue. What's your favorite music? My favorite music is rap music. What's your favorite film or series? My favorite film is Coupe de Ville. It's a 1989 movie about three brothers that take a road trip and they all hate each other. And it's hilarious. So please, everybody, go watch Coupe de Ville. Okay. Favorite book? My favorite book is Of Mice and Men by John Steinbeck. Hmm? Favorite uh, drink? Uh, oh, that's a good question. My favorite drink is uh, probably Crown Royal. It's a it's a whiskey from where I'm from, which is just outside of Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. So if anybody drinks Crown Royal, that's from where Alex Pauls is from. Cool. Favorite food? Oh man, my favorite food is going to be Thanksgiving dinner with turkey stuffing, mashed potatoes, a bun with butter, and pickles and gravy. That's my favorite food. Okay. Uh, what kind of uh, clothing you wear uh, the most? Oh, would you love to 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 wear? Oh, um, probably just jeans and a and a nice shirt, something mm-hmm. that's comfortable. Okay, what's your favorite uh, holiday uh, destination? Oh, like to go? Yeah. Oh man, I would say Arizona is my favorite. Arizona in America. Oh. Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. That's my favorite. You like it hot? It's very hot. Um, but my second would be Budapest, Hungary. That would be my second. Okay. 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 The last two questions. What's your favorite quote? 
Oh, wow. That's a tough one. If not, who? Uh, what is it? If not, if not. Yeah. What, how, shit, man. You put me on the spot. Uh, if not us, who? If not now, when? That's it. Wow. And what is your life motto? My life motto, um, just keep getting better. Just keep getting better. Wow. It's so it's so nice. I was talking to someone uh, last week. He was a marketing guy. And uh, we were just talking about business, what, what I was doing, what he could do for me and stuff like that, and what I could do for him. Mm -hmm. and, and, and I like to connect with people. And I just asked him four questions. What car are you driving? And he said, uh, oh, well, I, I drove a Toyota Igo. So you got directly a picture of someone, right? And I was having right. a Zoom conversation with him. But he said, uh, that was when I went to college and stuff like that. He said, what's your, what's your favorite music? Oh, oh uh, yeah, I like uh, this and that and uh, some, some kind of... Uh, heavy metal sometimes but sometimes also uh, party music or and, and we were digging into four normal questions he's just got completely different view of someone than then you're just having a normal conversation right. so tell me what kind of rap is, is one of your uh favorites i i, I listen to uh, for, for example one of my favorites that I ever listened to was Ice T with Home Invasion. This album, this is really oh yeah, ah. oh yeah. There was one. That was my introduction to, to to rap. Well, I'm gonna give you a couple of my favorite albums here, and then you're gonna have to go check them out. Okay. Okay. And you're, okay. Gonna, you're gonna you're gonna thank me. So everybody needs to go listen to. Uh, and this is a little bit newer. It's not old. It's uh, Zarface. Every hero needs a villain. So there's about six or seven Zarface albums now, but Every Hero Needs a Villain is the second album. The first album uh, is amazing too. And then I I really like this album. It's called Gems from the Equinox. This is kind of like my underground one. I don't think anybody's going to know this one. Gems from the Equinox. It's by Mayhem Loren. And DJ Muggs, the DJ from Cypress Hill, he does the, he does the music on it. Holy smokes, man. This is an album. This is gonna. Th this is serious. It is a gem. It, it is gems from the Equinox, and you need to listen to this album. This sick. It's gonna blow you away. And then my favorite, my favorite group is probably Zarface, but then my second favorite group is Wu Tang Clan. That's pretty. That's that's pretty standard. And I think Wu Tang Clan is kind of like from a mental where we uh, are gonna combine with a bunch of other other people and we're going to create a very 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 cool dynamic group and um that's just how i see the firmamental podcast it's very much like a wu-tang clan mm -hmm. except for podcasting cool yeah alex i'm uh i'm gonna gonna give you the last word i think it's time to wrap it up i would love to do another episode with you because i think there's so much as we had the first time when we had contact, we we we, we already had a, did this this feeling like whoa man, there's something going on between our energy and between us guys that uh, that we 
we couldn't stop talking about all the stuff that we were talking about. And I wanted to I wanted to dig in so much more like video games and board games because it's sure. one of your hobbies too, right? It's it's funny. I like I said in, in the beginning, it's uh we take our geniuses for granted, or we take we take the things we love for granted. And I didn't realize that all these different things that I love kind of makes me a cool, unique person. It's even though I'm a nerd about certain things. Like we all, we are all, and it's not a, it's not a bad thing. Like when you're a nerd about something, it just means you really, really enjoy it mm. and you can't wait to share that information with people. So yeah, I have a lot of books. I have a lot of games. I love, I nerd out on motorcycles. I nerd out on travel. Like the reason I think I'm so good at connecting with people is because I feel like I've been so many different places and my soul is all over the the world now and i i love all the people that i've met and speaking russian when i was a kid and having family from europe and from russia and living here in canada and having family in america i kind of feel like i'm all over the place and when i get to meet somebody like you i feel like you and me are cousins or we could be even brothers because like my family is from where you're from we might even be somehow related you never know but I get excited about that kind of stuff. And I just want people to, um, it's my homework for everybody at home is hard. Work out, read, become the best version of yourself. And guess what? It never ends. Like, like you don't just get to the top of the mountain and then you fall off. You, you keep getting better until you die and that's it. And once you stop doing those things, you're not going to feel so good about yourself. So I challenge everyone out there to be the best version of themselves each and every day going forward because um the side of the side effect is very negative when you don't. And that's it. Thank you very much, man. It was great to talk to you, Alex. Uh probably you're gonna start your day. You had your coffee, you had your uh your words of wisdom already. Uh, you you're really pumped up. You're fired up. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I would really thank you for your time and your energy to to hop on my uh, my podcast. And um, I would say to everyone who's listening, um, you know, sometimes it's really cool to be disorganized because if you're looking at the organized world, it's really fed up and it's really a big lie that you're living in. So from here. Um, Thank you, Alex, again. Thank you for listening to this podcast and uh, hope to hear and to see you soon. I've been running for all my life With the devil on my heels He wasn't always right And he can fulfill my dreams Never running for all my life With the devil on my heels He wasn't always right And couldn't fulfill my dreams He's pain in the ass Black as night God show me light And hold me tight I've been running for all my life With the devil on my heels He wasn't always right And doesn't fulfill my dreams God showed me
couldn't fulfill my dreams. He's a pain in the ass. Black as night. God, show me the light. He's a pain.